Thank you for listening to another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about more nerfs in Destiny. More nerfs, that's right. They did it. They can't stop. They're addicted to the nerfs for some reason. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage or look me up on the Twitch app or Twitter. Say no to rage. Throw me a follow. Come hang out. Talk with us. We'd love to see you. Going to jump right into the question and answer. I'm not happy about the nerfs. I made a lot of argumentation as to why. I'm not going to revisit that now. It'll probably get revisited in the question and answer. That's typically kind of how it goes. So let's jump into the first question. Chris089, how would you like to see Skull of the Dire Ahamkara nerfed? Uh, We all know it's getting nerfed. I would like to see it nerfed by uh, somebody uh, quitting their job and not nerfing it. I'm just kidding. Like, I would like to not see it nerfed. If they nerf it, the only thing... The only thing I'll say is maybe tie it to orb generation instead of damage so that you're more rewarded for like crowd control or something like I don't know. I like personally personally I think that if I use it on a mini boss, okay? If I use it on a mini boss and I get some ads, I I kind of feel like that's how it's supposed to work. If I use it on a bunch of trash ads, I I get like maybe half my super back, maybe not that much. But when I use it intelligently, it's not just if you use it like, okay, I'll give you an example. If you just use it on a mini boss, I think you get about like half of your super back. If it hits a mini boss, like a yellow bar and a couple ads, you get like 75 to 80% back, sometimes like 90 Now, if I hit a mini boss and some ads and then I get lucky and the initial explosion kills those ads and then the little seekers go get more ads, I get like my full super back. So getting my full super back, I think a lot of people just think like, oh, you're just getting your super back. This is a freaking joke. Well, you're watching me use it well, right? Like if I use it like an idiot, then I'm not going to get my super back. So when you watch somebody pull off the, the ideal super execution with skull it's difficult for me to say, well, yeah, that should be nerfed. Because again, you're watching someone use it exactly as it's intended to be used. It'd be, it would be like watching someone use the whisper. They wait for, they wait for whisper breathing. They're standing in a, in a well. They're, you know, their maximum damage. Somebody even did melting point, and maybe they're even using the, the the buffs in the scourge fight. And you see those big numbers pop up, and you're like, well, that needs nerfed. Well, no, it doesn't. You're watching someone use it at its absolute best. They're using the weapon at its absolute pinnacle form of performance. So when you see me use Skull and get all my super back, you have to understand something. Number one, it's contextual. Number two, I have to use it well. Little mistakes here and there yesterday, and I got, like, no super energy back because I messed up. If somebody uses a tether, if, if I don't announce it and someone kills some of the ads. So seeing me use Skull at its absolute pinnacle performance is not grounds to nerf it. That's so, that's such a terrible way of thinking. There's a spectrum of performance for every item. And if you judge the Whisper's performance in the best possible scenario, the buffs in Scourge, Whisper breathing in a well, and you're like, oh, it needs nerfed. No, it doesn't. It's at its peak. 
when it's used so-so or mid-tier or very bad, that determines how strong it is. The same is true for Skull. The same was true for Shards of Galanor. Shards of Galanor, I'm so, I, I still get mad when I think about that. I got really good with Shards of Galanor. I got good with knife placement so that I could get majors and lots of trash ads and get anywhere from 75 to like 90% of my super bag. Oh, it felt so good. Everyone's like, oh, it's inconsistent. No, it's inconsistent because you're not using it right. And now they've relegated shards into a sit on your hands super. Wait for the boss to come out, dump it into him, and you'll get the most super back. It, stop relegating things to one dimensional usage. They like giving them multiple uses is great. I can use my Slova in different ways and I know well these ads are going to be really bothersome but if I could get rid of them really really quickly I know I won't get all my super back but I'm going to use it here because I know I can get some back you know 60% you know maybe 70 if I if I land it right and it kind of spreads out and gets other ads and it doesn't hit walls and then there's a situation where I know if I use this here this is the absolute best possible place to use it boom I feel awesome I feel rewarded and 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 that's what you want people to feel and when you when you remove the spectrum of the weapon or the items usage and you relegate it to one dimensional use the whisper has no ammo now so just freaking sit on your ammo and wait until it's time to shoot the boss boring shards of Galanor the best time to use it is on a boss so all those fun times of clearing big groups of ads and majors you don't get near the super energy back so you probably shouldn't do it like it feels it it feels nerfed right boring basically sit on your super now like that you're 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 simplifying items that had multiple uses and and dynamic uses of their power and you're this is how this item is supposed to be used and it's like what the frick why so that, like, I don't want Ahamkara nerf for that reason. Listen, as I said in the video, what problem are you solving? That's the question. What's the problem? Oh, you can kill the envoys fast. Do you know the envoys are super weak, right? And I can kill them almost just as fast. The TTK on the envoys is just as fast if I use my shotgun. But I feel cool and I generate orbs. That's all. That's all. I'm not negating a mechanic when I use it. Seriously, watch us play Gambit Prime. The, the envoys aren't even that strong. They're, they're, they die really fast. But it's, but it's just me playing how I want. You're, in, you're empowering me to play how I want. It's not trivial. It's not suddenly too easy. It's a combat choice that you just took away from me. If you nerf Ahamkara. Or as you saw in Scourge of the Past, I'm up on a rooftop. I got my whisper, I got my shotgun, I got my bow. Oh yeah, I gotta take these shields off the boss. Can't use your whisper for that anymore. What should I use? Well, I guess I could take my bow off that I was enjoying using since there's almost no context for bows now and I'll put a sniper on and I'll use that sniper to shoot his shields because you took all my ammo away. Man, here's this whisper. It's got versatile use. I actually got pretty good sometimes. I'm not kidding you. I'd hit him. I'd, I'd, I'd headshot and add, and then I'd shoot two shields, and I'd get white nail to proc. That felt awesome. Do you think I'm going to take that risk when I have nine bullets? No. So player freedom gets squashed. Execution of the item gets narrow and one-dimensional, and it becomes a boring, predictable, rote, almost like the script is written for me. How is that fun? 
you're not promoting fun you're limiting fun like that's the point that I'm just I really want to drive that home they're not solving a problem they're removing fun if 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 they can't catch that vision then we're we're in bad shape we're in bad shape because we're just going to keep doing this. What are you, like I said, what are we going to do in Season of Opulence? You're going to nerf everything you just made great because you just made Wardcliffe really good. So I guess that's getting nerfed in in Season of Opulence, you know? It is it is a it is a far-reaching problem. It's a far-reaching problem and it is more about the fact that they're not solving problems, they're hurting fun and freedom. Uh, bunch of numbers. Are you going to add a question list so we can see when a question is going to come? No, I, I don't have a way of doing that. Uh, Louis Hendricks. I mean, honestly, to be fair, I'm not trying to like, skip past your question. That's not a terrible suggestion, but like, where am I going to put it? We've really tried to limit the UI here so that you can see the gameplay. I mean, I'm standing still, but when I'm actually playing the gameplay, we want the gameplay to be more central and more focused because if it's Division or Anthem or something where people are less familiar with me, they're going to want to see the gameplay, and I, th- I, don't, I don't really have any space for the suggestion. I'm not saying it's a bad suggestion. We've just tried to be really tasteful with the layout. Uh, next question is from Louis Hendricks. Do you think they'll be nerfing Skull like they did Shards of Gallon or Gemini freaking Christmas? Uh, I just answered this question. Yeah, they're probably going to nerf Skull. They're going to nerf Skull. And I'm going to submit a 10 minute video of me going like this. If you're listening to the audio version, I'm looking angry and shaking my head slowly. I'm just going to submit a 10-minute video of that. Like, another really fun, awesome item gets 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 its power taken away. I just... I, I, you're, this, isn't, this isn't the attitude that we heard when Forsaken was getting pushed and when it was getting launched, right? Yes, the shards nerf was due to PvP, so Skull might be safe... Yeah, I mean, Skull may Skull may get ignored for a really long time because it isn't messing up PvP. That is a good point, but I think once you watch people play Gambit Prime with it, you're going to see that Bungie's going to determine it needs nerfs because Gambit Prime is a PvP environment, and it's it's unbelievably strong. Like, Skull of the Ahamkara, play an entire game without anybody on Skull against people who have Skull, and you're really going to see that, like, people are going to argue that it needs nerf, because, again, in a PvP environment, it's slanting things significantly. I mean, it just, when we have two people on Skull, it's, I mean, it's wild what we can do, but it's fun, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Now, thankfully, Shards of Galanor is actually really good where where uh where the envoys are out the envoys i always call them envoys you can say it both ways but i get like self-conscious because people like it's pronounced envoy anyway shards is actually pretty good there it actually is because they're such they're such high-ranked enemies it registers as like a lot of hits on a high-ranked enemy and you get a lot of your super energy back and if you're paired up with somebody who's doing the same thing with shards or with uh skull you're just giving each other amp uh orbs so to a certain extent, Bungie might say it's not that big of a deal because whether you use shards or skull or even just a regular Nova, if you're using those on the envoys and feeding each other supers, it's totally fine. You could even use Orpheus rigs and probably generate a pretty good number of orbs. You're doing the same thing, 
right? You go in, you kill them with the super, you generate orbs, somebody gets their orbs, they go to the next one, they kill them with their super. Like, I, they, they may look at it and say, you know, Skull's not really breaking any of the rules here. These other items and these other supers are doing the exact same thing. They're getting rid of the envoy and they're creating orbs. There's no problem here. I hope that's the determination they come to. The reason I think Skull's going to get wrecked is because the areas leading up to that. When those really stout mini-bosses come out, I freaking, I make light work of them. I delete them from the map and everybody around them, and guess what? I get basically all my super back. I mean, it's honestly, it's not the, it's not the envoys and the envoys. It's... Uh, it's more than that. Now, I, I made this mistake again. I missed a bunch of subs during the talk because I wait to call them out, and I am sorry. Um, Waffle Rabbit with the Prime sub. A gifted sub to Captain Hook. Gamer Brit with a Prime sub. Hobbit Spartan with five months, and it's a tier two. Thank you so much. A Prime sub from Botchley. Dave223 with ten months, and a Prime sub from Smudge. I am sorry, guys. I, I, I meant to read through those after the 10-minute video section, and I didn't. I apologize. That was a lot of people that subbed over the last 30 minutes, and I hope you're still here. I do not like neglecting uh, sub callouts. And Krizik with a Prime sub, thank you very much for your Prime subs, guys. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, Is Flows. What has been your favorite DLC in Destiny history, and why? Rise of Iron, because of Wrath of the Machine. Wrath of the Machine is still, to date, a an immaculate work of art. It is... There is some, just so many special things about Wrath. Uh, Wrath of the Machine is fantastic. Followed by Age of Triumph. Wrath of the Machine and Age of Triumph um, changed my career, honestly, because it took us to levels that we, w- we wouldn't have gotten probably to otherwise as a channel and as a community. Um, King's Fall. King's Fall basically gave me a career in streaming, okay? And then Wrath of the Machine and Age of Triumph gave me like a successful platform in streaming it's like it was kind of like a phase two for me but even if even if i wasn't a streamer and i just looked at the raids and i looked at the content i would always go back to wrath of the machine and be like this thing is an absolute layered layers of value work of art there's just so much about wrath that they got right if they could combine the clutchable nature of Wrath and that internal currency, you could get the fragments to like reroll gear. So you had the internal currency, you had really good perks on the armor, and you had that clutchable nature. If they could take that, and then they could recapture the difficulty structure of King's Fall and make a raid, it would literally be the best raid they've ever created. One of the reasons that the lack of prestige right now, I understand it, but it really makes me miss what they did with King's Fall. King's Fall to date is their best approach at making a normal and a harder version of the raid because they built hard first. Take them to the cleaners. What's the most we can throw out a given team? How hard do we think we could make this? And then they dialed it back for normal. So the transition from normal to hard was beautiful in King's Fall. It was done so, so well. Now, King's Fall was really mechanical, and it wasn't clutchable, and there was no internal currency, and the gear sucked. I mean, sucked. 
So that like King's Fall got that aspect right from a logistical standpoint, but the loot in King's Fall, the lack of being able to clutch it, it being so so mechanical, really really made it less of, like it was hard to love King's Fall. We loved it, but it was hard to love it in repetition. Does that make sense? Like everybody loved King's Fall. It was epic in scope. Oryx is still to date the best. He is still to date the best antagonist in all of Destiny. So so awesome looking and sounding in his cutscenes. And, and and that I think is is always gonna be true, but it's just it's hard to love King's Fall in repetition. So again, if they could take that idea of let's make hard first and then dial it back and let's recapture that idea that Wrath had. Good gear, great perks on the armor, an internal currency of value that gives you stuff beyond the three runs, and and that clutchable the team rallied and had success. You take that and combine it with the, that that hard to normal difficulty structure of King's Fall, and it would be the best raid they've ever made. And Scourge of the Past is actually really close. It's it's got a lot of the pieces. The, I'm telling you right now, the final boss fight in Scourge of the Past is the best boss fight they have ever designed. It sucks now because they mess with Whisper. That's still from a, from a design standpoint. That fight at Scourge it is it is immaculately built. It is so smart. All the things you have to do. The boss is not a prop who just sits there and waits for the bake. He's a he's he's big and moves around. He shoots at you. He has a shield. He has a stunning thing. There's the teams that have to gut bust. You know the guys. There's the tank. There's the guy reading the map. Like you're on rooftops and you're sniping. There are there are there are so many layers to the scourge fight. It, th- there's no boss fight that has everything that Scourge boss fight has. It, there's no boss fight that does. Every boss fight's going to fall short somewhere, and that boss fight is just... Oh, it's so good. I can't say enough good about it. It's so fantastic. It, it reminds me of Axis Challenge Mode a little bit, but better. But better. J2J Squared. Do you think it's possible the cross-save could be added in the fall? Luke Smith's cryptic message made me wonder... I know they want to do cross save, and I know I still owe you a King's Fall run, Mel. I don't know. I'll make it up to you someday. I don't know how I'll make it up to you. I, the, bring King's Fall to PC, and you're first in line. Um, I'm sorry, sister. It just never. We never went back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I know they. I know cross save is something I think that they would like to do. I think everything being on the Bungie.net servers is good. Is 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 making it possible. I think it definitely could happen. But we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, and Navrin, uh, how are you feeling about the upcoming Anthem patch? This is not on subject, so I'm going to give you like a, a one-liner. I'm glad that they're working on quality of life and bugs, but generosity and endgame loot incentive has got to be significantly and quickly addressed. Uh, Vidcillas, are you later going to do Crucible or raids with fans? No, I don't like doing. I don't like doing service style. Come raid with me. Come play with me. I don't do that. I play with some viewers. We do some things. I've got people that I know are like really, really good, and we can kind of go in and have a good time. This is not a come play with the streamer stream. I don't do that anymore. I don't like doing it. Uh, Easy E six oh nine. Do you think their choice to nerf Whisper of the Worm ammo capacity was solely to push people towards using a better variety of heavy weapons? Uh, with what they did with the ward. Uh, with that, will the Wardcliff come to reign? Seems a team of Wardcliff and Well can melt Gambit Prime Boss on Phase Two, according to Glad's video. This is precisely why their decisions are bad, because they haven't taken away the trivial nature of the bosses. As you just said, 
you could even wait till stack three if you really wanted to play it safe a well with four ward cliffs I mean, the only problem you're going to run into is not having the heavy ammo. So you're going to have to make sure you're kind of kitted with either, I don't know, maybe perks to feed your heavy ammo or something. Um, I typically sometimes get to the end boss fight and have like one or two Warcliff shots instead of a full amount of Warcliff shots. So that may be a potential pain point in your strategy. But again, what you're saying is, is a really, really good point. Okay? If... If you're trying to take away from people like, oh, we don't want we want people to use different heavy weapons. As I said in my talk, stop breaking the train to get me to use the other items. Just buff Wardcliff and grenade launchers and let me freaking decide what I want to do. It's not I'm setting my coffee down. It's not up to you what I use. It's my gear, it's my character. I've earned it all. Let me make the decision. You, you, you keep breaking the train to make me play with something else and eventually all you're going to end up with is a bunch of hobbled trains in the room oh well I switched to this Wardcliff's really fun and you hold it with like this fear you're like looking over your shoulder like I am with Skull right you're like they're going to break this dude I'm loving this this is so much fun and it's only a matter of time before they come and oh no no don't break it please don't break it and they break it and they're like here you go it's weaker now it's like oh that's, that's how it's starting to feel I'm just, I'm, I'm clutching, I'm clutching every strong item with like this internal fear of like, this will probably be fun for a little bit before they take it away and when they nerf it. Snake Eyes, do you think we should have to run a raid for the big power bump? Or should all milestones give us a power bump? Yeah, I always reject this, this idea. I think it's terrible. I think the game should level you up. In different le- in different tiers. So if all you're ever doing is is running public events, you shouldn't be getting as big of jumps as the guy running nightfalls and raids. So he does level up faster than you, but he probably deserves it. And to be fair, somebody who's running nightfalls and raids probably doesn't care about hitting max level too fast because he's probably a hardcore player and he just wants to get to the loot grind. He wants to get to the higher level activities, and they tend to level up really fast anyway, right? The reason you want to make everything level you up is your number one, respecting the player time. The current level system is a complete and utter disrespect of player time and investment. It is a joke. And number two, you're allowing players to kind of do what they want. You're allowing players to do what they want. Like if you if you love public events, then by all means, man, go to town. Just play. You're going to level up a little bit slower, but you're going to end that two-hour play session. You're going to be like, dude, I got some drops. I raised my level. Now, the only lingering problem here, and I didn't rant about this in my in my talks recently, is enhancement cores being in infusion. Removing, like, removing the soft cap is only a solution if they also remove enhancement cores from infusion because you'd be getting a lot of blue items and a lot of items you're not interested in that you would want to infuse into your gear and as long as you're playing and getting the inca- you know the sort of the internal currencies infusion would cost but it wouldn't be impossible infusion having enhancement cores in it right now is still to this day a terrible decision and if anything that that's just probably the straw that'll break the camel's back for some people if they have the experience I had today and they just can't get the right drops and the right things to fall, 
you had you you really really pour salt in the wound when they finally get the things they need and they go to infuse and they're like my dwindling enhancement cores eventually i'm gonna have to go do activities i'm not interested in to get enhancement cores oh and let's remind everybody how horrible the enhancement core grind is first you have to grind the tangled shore for ghost fragments that don't stack high enough to even buy all of the ones that you can get okay and doing the tangled shore earns you basically nothing in your power grind you're literally just getting like glimmer and drops now you might get primes while doing it but you get primes everywhere else so you're being kind of forced and shoehorned over like they'll get you over here you got to go to the tangled shore then once you get enough of the fragments okay which that takes a while I don't know maybe an hour to get enough of the fragments unless you really bliss it with three people once you get all of the all of the bounties to go get your enhancement cores it's only six and half of the bounties you have to stand around and wait for an HVT so you have to do what I'm doing right now now I'm doing this because I'm talking to you and I'm, I'm not focusing on the game but that's the grind for enhancement cores a t- it, it is a terrible, segmented, non-rewarding waste of the player's time. Three out of the six bounties just stand around and wait for a freaking HVT who either doesn't show up or if he shows up and you miss it and somebody kills him, you don't know where he's going to spawn. Sometimes they spawn on the backside of some area and then somebody blitz kills them and then you don't get credit for it. Sometimes it's the HVT that you don't need, so that just means you have to wait even longer. Like, I... There are... <laughs> It gives me, it it almost gives me heartburn how, how deep the leveling flaws go. Like they're, it's deep and it's bad. So again, if, if somebody can stomach the, the terrible nature of this leveling system and then they get on the back end of leveling and they want to infuse and they start running out of enhancement cores, that could very likely be just the straw that breaks the already fragile camel's back. Like, dude, I'm so sick of not being able to do the things I want to do. Everything you're saying is the whole reason why my husband and I haven't played in months. We both have limited playtime. It feels pointless to play. Feels like we're getting nowhere. Right, like that's why I said it is literally the fabric of an RPG to feel a sense of progression after a play session and that fabric is just tattered and torn. It, it doesn't... It, it's, it really is... It, it really, really is one of the worst parts of the game right now and it's the doorway into the content. It's the doorway into the content. So I, I hope they change it because honestly, if the cadence of this content is meant to bring people back in, I'm worried that it's continuing to bring people back in and give them plenty of reason to not just not come back, but to never come back. That's the, that's, I mean, truly that's the real danger. That is truly the real danger is that folks are going to keep coming back two season pass deliveries now in a row, Right two in a row where they come back and they're given a whole lot of reason to just be like this just isn't the game for me man I, I can play for two hours a night and those two hours feel like an absolute waste of my time and so I, I guess just I guess just Destiny's just not my game anymore you know and I think that is that is my biggest fear is that you you have you have completely fractured the the just the foundational entry point of the game and if you fracture that so much then people come back and it's like there's really nothing for me here you know it's this weird long drawn out you know piece 
I played six hours yesterday and I barely reached 652. <laughs> it's just... Uh, Louis Hendricks. Regarding the Gambit armor sets, do you think Bungie should have just made uh, tier 3 armor or be better design model considering 1 and 2 are pointless? I think 1 and 2 just need to be level. You can upgrade them and level them up. So you could do them and get them and enjoy them. And if you get a really good roll, you don't feel like oh, well, that's really disappointing. It's a tier one and it's a really good roll that I'm basically just going to have to delete. You know, I need armor. Oh, now that I will not complain about. What kind of a roll did we get on this bad boy? We got special and mm, we didn't get anything that great. I mean, right now my Ophidius Faith is special with unflinching kinetics. That's honestly that's honestly probably better. Um, oh, and it rolled. It rolled with uh, it. It rolled with with. This has got mobility, resilience, and recovery, and then this one has. Oh, there we go. It's the same. I was like, "What the frick? Did it actually roll with a different archetype?" Okay, so yeah that's that's not better than what i have so uh we we will infuse just because we've uh we've grown we've grown fond of the of the the shards again just in certain circumstances and the shards will probably be good in gambit prime from everything we have uh we've seen so that's a good first drop that's a good first drop we got lucky 56 on a chest piece is really nice we could really raise this guy's power pretty fast um i gotta do the the adventure now um did it Ionic Dream said you started your stream with why you're not playing Anthem and with your comments I have to ask why are you playing Destiny with the Monument Tower starting the Shaper Storm you can farm Ash Titans while doing a list of other things to get drops I've watched and listened to you all day and you have gotten nothing love what you do I'm just salty mean no disrespect well for starter for starters um, this is this is a new season and it makes more sense for me to keep grinding and talking to the community because this is the hotbed time to discuss the game and interact and have Q&A um, Anthem is in a lull a self-created lull and they have their March 12th update so I'm going to go back to Anthem and grind the crap out of it but dude I was playing all day every day doing things and I just felt like the gear turnover rate wasn't strong enough uh, and when I start to feel like it is strong enough then I will, uh, I'll come back and play. Um, again, you have to understand something like Destiny is still very much kind of like, m- like my main hub game, even though we very clearly can do great things in Anthem to great numbers and to great community growth. I don't want to force the issue and play and play when it feels like there's nothing to do. That, that wouldn't be good content. Now, you're like, but you're playing this and you're not getting anything true but I'm still leveling up ever so slowly and to be fair Lono ranting and raving about destiny is kind of part of my brand <laughs> uh, so it's a uh, it's it's not an abnormal thing to see me playing content and praising but also criticizing it because I, I do think they've done good things here but I also think there's just a lot that that still is frustrating me as well as the people that hang out here and it's kind of therapeutic for you know somebody to sit here and listen to me rail against the things that they don't like and they don't necessarily have that voice to say it because they don't have twitter and twitch and all that and so me offering this as a place to both let them speak that into existence in my q a also in my chat 
but then also hear me saying it um, is I think again like some sort of therapeutic that's why I got into content creation was I mean Angry Joe and I don't see eye to eye on Anthem uh, we do see eye to eye on a lot of things about Anthem, but when I saw his review of Destiny 1, it was like therapeutic to hear somebody saying all the things I had been saying, but he was saying it with like a giant megaphone, you know, it just, there was something special about that. I'm not Russian. I think Bungie has an idea of the average time level for these pinnacle activities. Intentionally in the leve- uh, Intentionality in the leveling would make these activities accessible to too great of a proportion of the player base too quickly. Uh, and would be detrimental to the longevity of the game. The level cap would need to be much higher and pinnacle activities and spaces further apart in terms of recommended power. Well, for starters, I think the player base numbers are proving that they're not achieving their aim. So if they, like if the goal is for the, the content to be stretched out and for people to play longer, they're getting the opposite result. People are playing far less. People are more quick to just kind of put the game down because they're like, I'm not making any progress. What's the freaking point? And 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 also Also, people tipping over into loot pursuit doesn't mean you're like, "Oh, they're going to get there too fast and then it'll hurt longevity." Longevity should not be achieved by by stretching the player's patience out. Longevity should be achieved by empowering players to chase things that they want. So if you want a really, really good role on like the auto rifle in Gambit Prime, what you would do is, is you would have bounties that you can't get access to until you're max level. Well, once you're max level, you're like, well, people are going to leave. They're going to leave. They, they got there too fast. No, that's not true. That's not what typical players do. That's not what season pass content's meant to do anyway. Season pass content is meant to give us an end game grind, an end game loop. You're, you're not meant to do annual pass content as like, well, I spend two or three weeks leveling and then I finally get to the meat of the content. Look, just look at the way they rhythm the content. Look at the rhythm of the content as a refutation for what you're claiming. Tier two reckoning comes tomorrow and the content just came out. The content's basically paced out over a month. So they're giving you content to loop through. Like that's mainly what you're meant to be doing. Like, so according to what you're saying is we should go through milestones ever so slowly over three weeks to a month or more and that's our engagement with the season pass content that's not even the season pass content that's freaking milestones like a week of a week of grind doing basic activities and getting level bumps to kind of like for like the hardcore player like maybe it takes me a week to hit 700 that's no big deal because I'm a hardcore player so my sentimentality is I'm trying to get to the end game so I can chase the loot to the to the more casual player you're like oh they're going to level up too fast no they're not they're going to end their 2 hour play session they're going to be like okay cool I went from 640 and I'm now uh, 648 and then the next day they're in their 650s and then the next day they're in their 660s it would still take them a while if it's incremental and based off of the activities that they engage with. It wouldn't be instantaneous. Right? Like, I think people hear what I'm saying and they're like, oh, it's just, it's just immediately they're going to hit max level. And listen, even if people do hit max level really, really fast, again, I don't think that's the problem because that's not the content. The content's not you leveling. The content is literally the loops that they're building. Reckoning, Gambit Prime, The Forges, things like Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, 
uh, you know the haunted forest that's the content loop the content loop isn't daisy chaining yourself through milestones and not getting rewarded that's not content it's now I'm not saying they can't reuse old content I'm one of the people who's always talking about how they don't reuse old content in a smart way I don't think it's very winsome to say hey uh welcome welcome back to destiny you haven't been playing in a while we have a new power level for you to reach uh and in order to get there you have to do content that you've already played a bunch and not just for like a little bit you have to do it a lot you have to really really do it a lot and it would be one thing if they told you that and you always kind of got a level bump so there was always like that trigger in your brain of like well this isn't so bad it's okay i mean i am going through old content but look ding dopamine injection i got a reward ding dopamine injection i got a reward and so then you keep playing the problem is the way they set it up that doesn't happen you put in two and a half hours and you're like well i didn't level up at all i got four energy weapons that didn't help me and i got a pair of boots that barely moved the needle and that's your play session for the night you got home from work, you propped up your feet, you put your kids to bed, you're sipping on a beer, and you're playing for two hours, and you achieve nothing. Because people are like, why do you care about casuals leveling? I'm not calling for casualification, I'm calling for sensible leveling, because if you don't do sensible leveling, even someone like me is getting irritated. I play for nine hours a day and I really don't like having my time disrespected any more or any less than the casual player. What do you, do you really want to put in nine hours and all throughout those nine hours, you feel like your time's being disrespected. Yep. Another milestone, fourth milestone in a row did literally nothing for me. And all the while, all the while you look at the milestones disappearing from your, from your, from your map and you're like I'm running out of things to level me it feels like freaking candy crush sorry you're out of turns for the week please come back next week if you would like to level up some more well not really you might not level up at all cause well <laughs> it's RNG based it's just if you can't see that the leveling is bad for the accessibility of the players and people enjoying their time I, I, I don't understand what game you're playing who that's the big question right I said this earlier who is playing this game and not achieving any level bumps and saying man oh man sign me up for more of that who who is getting level bumps at a reasonable clip and saying nah 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 this is too fast I'm out of here dude I'm out of here I think you're extreme on this you get like 40 milestones a week yeah, but you, you, you but if you don't want to do them, Grandpa Blackout? I don't like Crucible. I got to play five games of Crucible to get both the milestones. And I can do that. That's an hour and a half or more of my time. And I can get nothing for it. I'm not blowing it out of proportion. It's not about the quantity of the milestones. It's about disrespecting the player's time. If I know that I do this and I get a bump... I can, I can, I can, I can stomach it. Half the milestones are in the raid and most people don't raid. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> I respect your opinion. I disagree. You're, but you, you there is no disagree. You're wrong. It, you are literally wrong. I can play a piece of the content that I don't like 
and not get rewarded for it. That's a fact. You can't disagree about that. That's a reality. That's 2 plus 2 equals 4. The fact doesn't care about your opinion. That's literally what can and does happen often. Now, you can be like, well, I think that's good. Well, I think your opinion is not in line with virtually every RPG in existence. So, you're, you're, you're in an enormous minority. No, I think it's totally fine. Yes, I think it's totally fine to limit how people can level up, drag them into content they don't like, and then after an hour and a half or more, they get nothing for their time. I think that's a great value point. No, that's, I mean, that's just ludicrous. I'm not wrong about not being upset about it or having to play uh, tomorrow for a bump, but you can't play tomorrow for a bump. You got to come back next week, homie. Once this milestone is gone, it's gone on that character. You got to come back next week. Again, what you're saying is ludicrous. You're saying it's totally fine to disrespect the player's time because I can come back. Dailies? No, you cannot come back tomorrow and do dailies. There'll be one daily waiting for you. One. And it'll bump you one power on one item. Like, you're... I appreciate you disagreeing with me, but you're not even really representing the situation accurately. You're saying, oh, I can come back for dailies. There's there's like a, one daily, and, and that's it. And then the next day, there's another daily. It's on, it's on like a four-day rotation. The truth is, Milestones was added at the launch of D2 Vanilla because D2 Vanilla had nothing in it, and they wanted to stretch it out. And we're still living in that, we're still living in that terrible leveling system. It's just, it's, it's, painfully stretching out how long it takes you to do something and it's doing it to the point where it's breaking and people are like I'm done I'm completely done I can't take this anymore it's like stretching the pizza dough too thin and it falls apart it's like no we can make the pizza bigger we can make it bigger keep stretching it keep stretching it and then it falls to pieces because you stretched it way too far you're stretching the player way too far And, and like what John's saying, my daily last night gave me an edge transit and it was lower than my Dreaming City Sniper. So think about it like this, right? If you're like, oh, I can come back and get a daily. Okay, you can come back and get a daily. The daily doesn't take you that much time. You get one item and if that one item doesn't help you, that's it. You're done. Nothing else you can do that day to move that player forward. You can switch to a third player, but a lot of people don't even have multiple players. They have one character that they really like to invest in. I just, I don't even know, I don't know anybody, anybody that's made the case that this leveling system is good. I really don't. Made a good case that it's good. Made a good case. Uh, Boss Dog 69 what do you think of the shotgun nerf? This is where people are going to think I'm like a hypocrite or something, but the shotgun nerf was needed because the shotgun was leaving its lane, Okay. As I said about the Skull of the Dire Ahamkara and Whisper, they're functioning as they're supposed to. They're li- they're they're doing their absolute best in specific contexts and specific places, and it takes the intelligence of the player and the execution of the player to get them to perform at their absolute best. Shotguns were performing outside of their lane as a mid-tier weapon, and it didn't take any execution, any intelligence, or any like, oh, this is the ideal place to use it. They were literally, like, rapid-fire shotguns were functioning as power weapons. They were power weapons. Do you want to know why they were power weapons? Because shotguns originally in Destiny 2 were power weapons. And it just went unchecked. That's just the fact of the matter. The damage output of a rapid-fire shotgun was 
not a mid-tier weapon. You basically, if you ran a rapid-fire shotgun, you had two power weapons. That's why that nerf is totally acceptable and fine. Like, Skull of the Dire Ahamkara is taking your super, and in the right context, and in the right execution, makes it the absolute best version of Slova, right? But I can't always have that functioning that way. Like, every boss, every mini-boss, every place where you were suddenly required to dole out a bunch of power, the shotgun was functioning as a power weapon with respect to its damage. Like, we showed through testing at Shuro-Chi uh, that the Ikelos shotgun was outperforming exotic, heavy weapons. Like, it was, it, w- it was bad for the power fantasy. As I've said before... I hate nerfs as much as the next guy, but you're not defending good power fantasy when you have weapons that are completely outside the bell curve. It's it, that that's not how that weapon is supposed to function. So like the like I said before, if the whisper had like a hundred bullets on reserve and you were able to use the whisper on trash ads because you had so much ammo, that is that gun leaving its lane and it would be ludicrous. You'd be like, you can literally use the whisper on every ad that you see practically because you have so much freaking ammo and then you can use it on mid tiers and the boss. Basically, whisper would be leaving its lane if it had like a hundred bullets. When it had like 20, I don't think it left its lane. I think periodically there were times you could like let it like wear a little bit of a different hat but typically you wouldn't be shooting trash ads with the whisper i might shoot a sniper with it just because it's a ranged weapon and it just makes sense it's like it's like one bullet on a sniper or like taking shields off of the boss in scourge of the past i mean that's a boss that's a boss mechanic that whisper was in interacting with that seems sensible and that seems like contextually fitting but like shotguns getting to leave their lane, it would just it was ludicrous. It was like this is not how they're supposed to be functioning. In the same way that if Whisper had hundreds of bullets and could just be used on virtually every trash ad that you see, because by the time you start to run out of ammo, there'd be a brick or two on the ground and you'd get it all back. And truth be told, shotguns are still fantastic weapons. I still run Ikelos. Why? It's punchy. It's actually really strong against mid-tier enemies and majors and shielded enemies. Exactly what it's supposed to freaking do. But I'm not like I'm not outdoing exotic exotic heavy damage with it. I still use it on bosses too. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But it's not it's not what it once was because what it once was was a lane leaving weapon. It was functioning as an exotic power weapon. It was just way too strong. Um PvE shot, he's got 100% damage buff. Well, yeah, they got 100% damage buff, Johnny, but they took away the rapid-fire bonus that was making that was making rapid-fires do, like, like a, almost like a, like I said, like an exotic power level worth of damage. That's what we needed. No, no, it's not. Oh, my gosh. I got another energy weapon. Thanks, Mama. Oh, I'm in Q&A. I can't do what I'm doing right now. I'm getting silent. I am sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very upset. I got a bad... I got a weapon that doesn't help me. And I'm, like, getting quiet about it and getting my lunch for my wife. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine, Mama. It was just... I was distracted because it's another bad... Another bad drop. Uh, Tropic Yeti. Any idea if Reckoning Tier 2 will be 670 light? We're just assuming that it's going to be 675 because that's... I feel like a safe assumption because they had, like the three forges and then we kind of said the same thing right like have the forges uh stagger up um so 
Um, that's I think I think it's a safe assumption that it will uh, it will stagger up. And then there'll be a tier three that'll probably be like maybe like a six ninety, uh, you know, six ninety or something. I did talk about the LMG nerf to bosses and how I think it's a, ter- a terrible decision. Uh, uh, Donnie Yang, uh, make a test server and everything will be good. You feel the same? No, because Bungie doesn't isn't set up for that. You're right. By the way, I'm not saying you're wrong here. You're right. A test server would be great. It would. Um, it'd be really really helpful actually, but. Uh, a test server isn't really possible right now. So, what's the fastest story mission, guys? And does anybody want to run it with me? Next question. Marine Misk. To, to give you more detail on why they can't do this, it's old tech and old engine, and they're not set up to do really, really fast changes. So, yeah, Crucible Labs is, like, already gone. Ice and Shadow, thank you. Uh, I'll sit here for just a minute if anybody wants to join me. I'm about to start doing dailies and strikes for the milestones. If you're on my friends list or in the clan. Marine Misk says, how many people that play and love Destiny 2 also play Destiny 1? This is, uh, I'm sure, a problem. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, there's no way to know this or speculate about this. We're, I think we're getting similar... Uh, similar player engagement that we got post Rise of Iron, so I feel like it's probably a lot of the same people. It's a very similar number to what we saw post Rise of Iron. You know, a couple, like a month or two after Rise of Iron. Um, because somebody saying bottom line, barely anyone playing Destiny. No, no, that's actually like false, provably false. There's close to 600,000 people playing PvE and close to 600,000 people playing PvP, which is basically what the numbers were a month or two after Rise of Iron. Once Rise of Iron died down and it settled into a rhythm, it hovered around the same numbers we're getting now. PvP was actually lower back then. It was like 400,000. But I think Gambit's being counted in PvP, so PvP looks a little bit higher because of that. Um, So, the, the numbers are actually... The numbers are actually right where they were before, which is why I don't know if we have like a ton of new people. It seems like it's a lot of the same folks. Uh, Steve Trees, are we unable to acquire the other helmets now that we've upgraded our synthesizer? Yes, until next week, I think, because it's like now when you go to the bounties, it's gone. The the helmet's gone from the reward. You get like one of them a week. I think you get one of them a week because they drop powerful. I think pump somebody in chat was right. When they said it says upgrade because it's a powerful drop, I think those I think those people that said that are right. I think it is it is gonna be sorry my chair's like moving. It is gonna be a powerful drop, and that's why it says upgrade. Um, so it uh yeah, Ruku, you've mentioned that the amount of nerfs aren't necessary uh, the issue, but player perception matters a lot too. Do you think that Bungie still needs to become more consistent in explaining their mindset on every single nerf and buff? They gave detailed info on rockets and shotguns, but nothing about Whisper and Sleeper. I don't really care what their explanation is, and neither does most of the player base. It, like, their explanation of shotguns was helpful, but I mean, anybody that looked at the numbers, I think, probably could have figured it out on their own, right? Like, even if uh, even if they came out and gave like a really good explanation for the nerf to whisper that doesn't change my experience 
I'm not like in Scourge of the Past, low on ammo, and be like, well, it's okay, guys. Bungie made a blog post, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't matter. And if you're not reading the forums and you're not reading the posts, then who gives a frick? Like when when Suros regime got nerfed, I didn't go read any forum posts. I didn't know what this week at Bungie was. I didn't know who Deej was. I just was like, this sucks and I'm mad. It's that simple. So, I <laughs> I don't think anybody gives a frick what their reasoning is. They want them to have their stuff left alone. And if you want to make stronger stuff, do it. But stop making the stuff that we like weaker. Pog me. Uh, One-eyed mask still broken in Crucible. Not sure what you think, but why Bungie needs something, uh, would nerf something to the ground and leave something like that actually need to be nerfed OP. I don't know if one-eyed mask is still as bad as you say. I think a lot of the times people overstate one-eyed mask because they're just losing gunfights. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying one-eyed mask is perfect or, or there's no issues with it, but I do think a lot of the times people do the same thing with Luna's and the not forgotten. They act like they're losing gunfights because the other person has the Luna's and the not forgotten and they're losing their gunfights because they're a bad player or because the other player is better or because the other player hit better shots than them. Because people in chat are saying they nerfed it reasonably, it's balanced, it's not that bad, it's not broken. Because again, I think that I, I think people overstate um, how much that that how strong that item is. Uh, so I don't. I'm not arguing whether it's balanced or not balanced. I'm just saying I don't know either way, and I think it's really easy to make claims about how bad it is because that's just kind of what we do if you lose a gunfight you basically like this is something that they they laid seed for this with the the era of the matador right if you had a matador without a without a one of the nice range perks like rifled barrel okay you could be correct in saying I lost that I lost that engagement because he has a god roll and I don't. And you'd be right. You could lose a gunfight with somebody using uh, an IS Luna who has luck in the chamber. And you would be right in saying that. You'd be right in saying, well, I freaking lost that fight because of the gear difference. You'd be right in saying that. But what I think has happened, unfortunately, is now folks are basically like, anytime they lose a fight, surely it's the gear's problem. Surely that player is not a good player. They're just they're 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 using one-eyed mask and that's why they're winning their gunfights. They're using a Luna's and a not forgotten. I'm not saying there aren't times where items are too strong and worthy of being kind of like, well, that's freaking ridiculous how strong that is. So I'm not saying that's not something that can happen. I just worry that that becomes just the go-to gut reaction from so many people. Yeah, what the frick? Yeah, one-eyed mask is why I lost that, you know. Lube Doctor says, in regards to nerfing supers, do you feel that Bungie forces people to use certain supers? I only use Nova Warp, uh, and after the nerfs, now I don't, now I use Nova Bomb, um, with Skull. To me, it feels like the problems are still here, because all this accomplishes you make me main another super. Right, they broke your train. Right? They broke your train. And because they broke your train, you, you're now using something else. 
So, like, that's that's the entire point I was making. I mean, you're basically saying the same thing. You're just saying, yeah, I was using Nova Warp, and now it's not good. So now I use Nova Bomb and Skull. Now, if they would have left Nova Warp as is, and then suddenly Skull gets discovered to be really strong because people are trying different strategies and looking at different things, well, then, then, you're, then as the player, you're the one deciding, right? You're the one deciding. You're going, you're going into like, let's say you're going into Gamut Prime, and you're saying, I don't know, guys. I think Nova Warp could be really, really helpful in in getting all the envoys. And while I'm doing that, there's less risk involved for the invader or whatever. Or Nova Warp could be really helpful cleaning the platform because if we get a lead and they start putting crap on the platform, I'll use Nova Warp, right? Well, and somebody might push back and say, Well, no, actually, I'm on your team, and I think you should use this that's you deciding and testing instead of being like well Nova Warp's trash now so I guess I'll just use Nova I'm sorry uh, I guess I'll use Nova with Skull because Warp is is terrible uh, Fat Hotshot you think they nerfed LMGs because of the Gambit LMG coming out of the DLC I mean again if that's why that's a terrible reason if that's why they did it that is a horrendously terrible reason make the new gun good on its own like don't don't wreck you oh we're gonna bring this new train out and we don't and then you break the one that i'm playing with like don't do that that's a terrible way of doing it star motion why do prime engrams give you gear that is 652 or 654 do they expect me to spend tons of cores to upgrade Well, I know they don't expect you to spend tons of cores to upgrade. You're supposed to play like a streamer. Didn't you know that? Didn't you know you were supposed to play like a streamer? Because the streamers that advocated for painful infusion and cores being left in infusion, they don't have any problem getting cores, so play like them. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to play like them. You're supposed to go and do other things that you're not interested in because they argue for a pain point that doesn't touch them. Infusion should be painful. Next sentence. I never struggle to have enhancement cores, so it's not a pain point for them. So, like, that's the that, you just play like them is the answer. And yeah, I'm being sarcastic because that's basically where it lands. You're supposed to you're supposed to play like me. I play nine hours a day, and I have over 150 cores. So play like me, and you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, welcome back to Destiny. If you don't play in this way, then you're never going to level up. You're going to be frustrated and you're never going to have cores to infuse. Oh, they're making it for the hardcore player. No, they're not because it's not a value point for the hardcore player. Another item that doesn't help me. Awesome. Uh, they're not making it for the hardcore player. The hardcore player is not touched by enhancement cores. So enhancement cores being an infusion is not a value point for the hardcore player. Right? Leveling being RNG based and frustrating is not a value point for the hardcore player because I'm a hardcore player and it frustrates the fire out of me and hardcore players can play so much it kind of doesn't matter. They're going to get to max level probably faster than you anyway because they can do way more milestones. They can make up for all the bad drops by running Scourge or by running Last Wish or whatever the frick. Fuzzbounds. Bungie moved away from prestige activities because player response was largely negative. Putting aside locked loadouts in the raid layers, do you think prestige difficulty could be brought back for all activities? I mean, if they got rid of prestige activities because the response was negative, it's because their prestige activities sucked. Like, prestige layers and prestige leviathan, 
those are not good representations of prestige activities from 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 Bungie. King's Fall is King's Fall and Wrath are great examples of content that got harder and then had challenges. Challenge mode in Vogue. Those are good examples of pinnacle, you know, prestige activities. You can't go to their worst experiments. Leviathan, gross, horrible, glitchy, annoying, not fun. And then the raid layers with their with their curated loadouts. If they're going to use those as examples of like, well, we didn't get good player feedback from those prestige activities. Yeah, because they were terrible. Rather the machine on hard and challenge mode, Age of Triumph. Those were celebrated times in the history of Destiny. So, like, don't tell me that, like, the player base doesn't like prestige activities when some of the most celebrated pieces of content in Destiny's history are prestige activities. The entire Age of Triumph delivery was that. I... You can't... You can't bake a really, really bad cake and be like, I guess these children don't like cake. You know, I put onions in it and, uh... Brussels sprouts, but... For some for some reason these children don't like cake. You made a crappy cake. <laughs> like that's why they didn't like it. <laughs> you know? So I I I really think go back to King's Fall. Go back to King's Fall and look at how they structured normal to hard and recapture that because I think that's the that's the true that's the true structure and when they did it right. You made me up chuck a little. Sorry. Zara is 71. I feel like Blizzard has some input. Uh, they do the exact same thing in WoW. They make it really slow to level and gear up. Do you feel Destiny may be influenced in that way? No. I, I Listen, They. I mean, if they've had maybe like, I don't know, conference calls or discussions with folks from Blizzard, I mean, that's, that's possible. But I highly doubt this is meant to be this is meant to be some sort of a mimic of what they do in WoW. Like, here's the thing. I if you really look at what the milestone system was born in, it was born at a time when there was just no content or longevity. D2 vanilla had nothing for you. Milestones stretched the content out. It also was like never explained, so I wasted a lot of my exotic bounties early on because I had no freaking clue that that was going to be one of the main mechanisms of my leveling path. And also, WoW's leveling paths are set up for people that are going to pay a service fee to play a super, super grindy MMORPG. So, and Milo is making a decent point. It's really slow to level in WoW, and they're selling a max level upgrade. So they're monetizing a leveling shortcut. So they're actually making money. They're, they've monetized the player frustration. I mean, that's, I don't know about that. I don't know if we want to praise Blizzard uh, for their system. And I also don't know if you could say that's influencing Bungie. I mean, I'd be very, very critical. I mean, you talk, you think I got fired up today. You've not seen fired up. If Bungie made the leveling crappy, but started selling like booster leveling packs in the Eververse store, holy moly, you would see another side of me. Don't you dare. Don't you dare strain out and stress out the player and then sell them the relief. Don't you dare do that. You hit me in the head and give me a headache and then try to sell me the ibuprofen? Get the frick out of my face. No, they better not do that. And if WoW's doing that, that's a total disrespect of the player. That, that you should not do that. And if Bungie starts doing that, I'll be on the front lines, like, yelling how bad it is. They, I don't think they'll do that. They know how the community would respond to that. That would be an absolute failure to understand what the player base wants. 
it would be horrible and the only reason that would get off the ground is if they felt like there was an actual an actual player base that would respond to it and, and buy and then that'd be frustrating right that'd be that that'd be that willing consumer base that that gives ground and reason to do it if the willing consumer base is buying it that I mean that would be so so bad for destiny they would I mean you would they would lose players so they would lose players faster than they could blink you would lose so many players if they did that so I just I again I don't think it's sinister I don't think Bungie is like going like this like yes yes make it slow yes we want players to be frustrated I think it is a it is it is to borrow from skill up here I think it's baked into the crust of destiny 2 to such a degree that they're struggling to take it out it's been in there since vanilla and they're like well if we get rid of it then there's so many pieces of content that are going to be damaged by getting rid of it so again I I, I don't want to make it sound like they could go in and like push a button, but to me, I I never want to make it sound like developers are just sitting back, leaning back, and not doing something that's easy. Their jobs are not easy. But why why how hard is it to get rid of the soft cap? It cannot be that difficult to get rid of a soft cap so blues and legendaries can drop where you are. Now, I just thought of something. Maybe they're worried about currency saturation because if legendaries are dropping and helping you level up, you could basically just level up at an NPC. Now, my pushback would be, who the frick cares if somebody wants to do that? If they played so much that they have so much currency that they can do that and bypass your leveling, who cares? It's a hardcore player that just wants to short, like, bypass the leveling because the leveling is not a value point anyway, and they want to get to the end game. Who cares if that's what they do? It's not hurting you. It's not hurting them. It's not hurting the game. It's how they want to play. The players that are hurt the most by this leveling system would not walk up to Zavala and like dump tokens into him and level up. That's the only thing I could think is to like, that's probably the reason they're not doing it is they can't tweak the soft cap with respect to world drops. It would also mess with the NPCs. Now, what they could do is they could remove the soft cap and then you just cap anything that drops from an NPC that's not a milestone. Again, that might be harder for them to do, but I would think buying a package can be coded differently and be capped and not the same as like a world drop from a public event, a lost sector, an adventure, a strike or a nightfall again, it's your game own it, like whatever the frick you gotta do to make this better, it's your game like you're the one, you guys are the ones that did this figure out a way forward because I don't think the player base is gonna, la- is gonna last much longer or be sustained if they can't do just the most basic thing which is leveling up uh, Maniac, oh no, I'm sorry, Manic says, uh, 289, do you think the, this, D, uh, do you like the way they did the DLC this time around? If you ignore everything I just said about leveling, I actually don't mind the rhythm that much. Playing a couple games of Gambit and getting a bunch of synths and then go running and going and running Reckoning, and it, from a conceptual standpoint, I actually don't think it's that bad. From a conceptual standpoint, I actually think it's a decent rhythm. Now, unfortunately, one of the main problems is the only reason to run Reckoning is to get armor for... uh, for Gambit Prime, so they could consider they could consider doing eight like Ada style bounties for the Gambit weapons, and let you do that in like two two weapon bounties a week. Okay, 
and you rotate them just like Ada, and you can do them as much as you want. You get two weapon bounties a week from Drifter. One takes you into Gambit Prime, the other takes you into Reckoning. That would be a perfect way to solve some of the prop to solve what I would consider to be enormous glaring problems with Season of the Drifter. Number one, you add player a- agency and intentionality toward the weapons. The weapons look really, really cool, and they drop randomly. So, like, your hope of getting one is low. Your hope of getting one with a good roll is really, really low. That feeling of futility causes people to check out. That feeling of agency and intentionality would probably keep a ton of people in Reckoning and Gambit Prime, which is good for matchmaking and good for everybody's experience, and, I don't know, good for the players that keep on playing. So if one bounty takes you into Prime and one takes you into Reckoning, and then once you get the weapon, you can get the bounty again and do it all over again, you have just created an intentional loot pursuit where RNG and player agency have a happy marriage. Right? people would do that like yeah i don't understand like this is the way this is the way that the players are motivated we're motivated by the loot you haven't given us a clear path to the loot you've created feudal loot that doesn't matter with tier one and tier two armor and you've tied reckoning to gambit prime in such a way that the only real reason to run reckoning is for armor benefits in gambit prime which if you don't care about gambit prime or it's not your cup of tea the pve activity is basically worthless to you it doesn't mean anything so, but, but if you had those weapon bounties, then it doesn't matter what you think of Gambit Prime. You're motivated by the weapon bounties. And even if you're not really enjoying Gambit Prime all that much, you're, you're creating a system where players are playing and feeling rewarded. And even if they're losing, even if they're not having a good time, it's kind of like when you play Iron Banner and you're like, it's okay if I lose, that's fine. The game's over faster. I get a chance at the Clever Dragon, you know? Every game that ends is an opportunity. So the game is always laced with anticipation and a chance to be rewarded. So even if you're having a bad time, there's a psychological aspect of your brain that's engaged in enjoying the chance at the loot. Instead of being like, it's a zero, it's a one, it's binary. You either like Gambit Prime or you don't. And if you don't like Gambit Prime, there's literally no reason to run it in Reckoning. And if you're like, well, I could get the guns... Are, are you kidding me? Do you have any idea the chances of getting guns? Look how much I played Gambit Prime up to this point. Two days of long play sessions and a long play session last night, and I haven't gotten a single gun to drop. That's ridiculous. The drop rate for the guns is atrociously low. Now, Chevy's theorizing you got to do in-game things in Gambit to, to get them to drop, but come on, man. That's... I just got an exotic. I don't know what that was. Was that the... Was that the, that the Cerberus? That might have been the Cerberus. Was that the new gun? No, it's the Cerberus. And it's a 57 Kinetic, and it doesn't do anything for me. So I just did another milestone that was a complete and utter waste of my time. I just ran three story missions, and I I don't level. So that's now... That's now uh, two, three milestones, only one helped me. One out of three milestones. 33% of my time rewarded me with something. So the 66%, like the majority of what I'm doing, wasted. I agree with Chevy. I invaded, got a four-piece, dropped the curated sniper after I got teleported back. Well, see, and Benji was talking about that last night. He keeps getting the curated sniper. And if that's the case, that's not a weapon pursuit either. He's already got it. That's like the Escalation Protocol shotgun. Once you had it, it's like you're you're done. You're fine. You got it. Eight is... (sighs) 
I can't believe how much I have to point to the fact that Ada's bounties were so good. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand why they didn't put a system like that in Drifter. Do you think Skull is only going to get nerfed because of the power it has in Gambit Prime? Uh, it only really works efficiently in places with a decent amount of enemies, such as Gambit and Forges. That's precisely why it's going to get nerfed. Gambit Prime is a PvP activity. So, Shards of Galanor got nerfed because of PvP. Don't kid yourself. Bungie didn't look at reports and like, well, wow, look at how much super energy they're getting in PvE. Well, this is unacceptable. No. You had people in math class showing that you could get, you know, seven seven blade barrages in one quick play match because shards used properly was just unbelievably strong and that's why it got nerfed. The only reason shards got nerfed was because of PvP. if If they were to give us any other trumped up reason, I wouldn't believe them. I'd be like, that's not true. We all know why it got nerfed. Uh, JD Gamer, what's your thoughts on the power drops being too low for people when doing weeklies and dailies? Listen, milestones should be big jumps. If I was in charge, next week I would say we've just put you out a patch. Every milestone drops an item that is five power above where you are presently, and if you do pinnacle power weapons, like pinnacle power activities like Nightfall, Raid, Dreaming City, they'll be seven you know, seven higher. Well, what if we don't? What, what if we don't get the right drops with milestones? That's okay. We've removed the power cap. We've removed the soft cap. Every activity now gives you incremental bumps, small bumps here and there. You probably aren't going to want to infuse that much because you're going to run out of materials really, really fast. So while you're grinding pub events or strikes or something, just equip what you get and kind of make do because they're, you know, they're currency. Or I would say, we've removed enhancement cores from infusion just so you can kind of infuse as you go, feel empowered to use the gear that you want, and feel a sense of progression. That's what I would do. Soft cap, out of the game. Milestones are really big jumps that you can use strategically or just use whenever you feel like it. We've also changed all milestones to tell you what you're going to get. A milestone is either going to give you an armor piece or a weapon. So you can kind of navigate between the milestones. Like you, Maybe you get to a certain point where you're like, I really, really, really need some armor pieces right now. I'm going to go do all my milestones that drop armor pieces. And then you kind of do all those. And then when you're kind of done, guess what? You don't have to stop playing. You don't have to go play content. You're not in interested in you can keep playing destiny play the content that you want and blow your mind here you keep leveling up what an unbelievable and unprecedented rpg experience do you mean to tell me i can keep playing the activities enjoy i enjoy and i keep leveling up wow i've never heard of this before except for every other rpg that i've ever played like (laughs) just do it do it it's okay. You you've taken you've taken my perk ideas, my boss ideas from Gambit and you've shoved them into the game. There's no there's no loss of pride here, okay? Just do it. Get rid of the soft cap. Do it. Again, I'm not taking credit for the things they've done, but for frick's sake, go watch my content pre pre-drifter. Everything I said about Gambit, they 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 practically did all of it with the exception of making invasion not matter the most. The boss fight, the mechanics of the boss fight, <laughs> only dropping a portion of your moats, having four rolls. <laughs> Come on, just do it. Get rid of the soft cap <laughs> and and make milestones more rewarding. I don't follow you or Destiny too much anymore because of everything you said about the game, but you are wise. Well, thank you. Vicious spell. Do the envoys in Gambit Prime have a lot less health? Oh yeah, they're weak as frick. 
they are super weak. It's like two two taps with the shotgun if it's a matching element, and it's a three tap with the shotgun. If you use trench barrel, it's it might even be uh, it might even be a two tap still. I mean, it's it's they're not very strong at all. But I like it. I love what they did to the boss fight. But because of invasion, you just wait till a, a high enough stack and you melt, because it's just like, you know what I mean? It's just invasion's going to be frustrating and take away our hard work. So why do damage on the early stacks? Just wait until stack four and melt. Like just wait. <laughs> uh, Alex J Hall, do you like the nerf to full auto perk shotguns? Yeah, I've already addressed this. I thought it was a good choice. They just need to make snipers and fusion rifles significantly better. There's not a lot of good secondary options. We're still all using shotguns, so we need other guns in that slot. I still think they need to change SMGs to be energy weapons, and you you cut their ammo reserves in half, and you make their damage significantly higher, so they can be a spray-and-pray gut-buster shield popper, and they'd be a great PvE weapon for your secondary. Like, put your hand cannon away and just bring, just spray your SMG on like mo- like on like a major, on like a shielded enemy. I still think SMG should be a secondary weapon. Just give them energy. Well, what about PvP? I just don't care anymore about PvP. Make the weapon system make sense. And like fusion rifles and snipers too, like just make them viable secondary options. Now snipers are always going to struggle because there's not a lot of ranged encounters, but at the very least, both fusions and even they could consider SMGs could be really, really good energy weapons. And swords, just just move swords to the energy sl- slot. Like, move them to the energy slot. Cut their, cut their damage, increase their ammo capacity, and move them to the energy slot. And once more, I don't care what it does to PvP. That's where swords belong right now. They'll, they, they just don't make sense as a power weapon. They're not, they don't, they don't have a foot, they don't have footing uh, in that slot. Boise B, why haven't they nerfed bygones or pulse rifles in general? Uh, it ruins Crucible with camping players. Now, uh, play different, dude. Those guns are fine. I, I, no, I don't agree with that at all. I don't even play PvP. I mean, there's there's lane campy choke point heavy maps. Like, deal with it. Figure something out. Like, I know it sucks and it's annoying when three people are sitting in a room and you walk through a door and get melted by pulse rifles. But we wanted a faster TTK and you got it. And there are some maps that just really favor cho- choke point lane camping. And there's not much you can do about it. The guns themselves don't need nerfed. The maps are problematic in some cases and it favors that play style. It's not... It is not the gun's fault. <laughs> Stop blaming the guns, man. Like, it ain't the gun's fault. Uh, Soul Drum Music. Does the inconsistency of the nerf scare you? I feel like there is one person in charge and each weapon, uh, and they're not talking to each other. Oh, there's one person in charge of each weapon. How does Skull exist but shards was too much? Makes it feel like no one is steering the ship. No, it makes it feel like PvP is steering the ship for whatever reason. Shards was a, a problem in PvP, and that's why it got nerfed. Skull is not a problem in PvP, so it got overlooked. Now, Skull is probably going to be considered a problem in Gambit. Again, not because of the envoys. The envoys. The envoys are super easy to kill. So, sure, you watch me use Skull, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, he got his super back. But, like, I could keep my super and kill him with my shotgun either way. Like, it's not this huge difference in TTK and efficiency, but it does generate orbs. Shards is great there, too, and generates orbs. So, Shards is actually really good on the envoys. The real reason that Skull is broken in Gambit is because of all of the mini-bosses that come out. There are yellow bar bosses that come out before you get all enough motes, and as long as they're surrounded by trash ads, pff, they're dead and I get my super back. I killed 
two of those yellow bar mini bosses yesterday like it was nothing like they were gone they were gone he ignored the whole point about the range listen no I'm not going to start advocating for pulse rifle nerfs because you don't like the fact that people can play lane campy drawn back strategies and they're wrecking your face no leave stop asking for nerfs because the because pvp isn't well designed like quit it shards got nerfed then let's nerf pulse rifles what the frick else do you want nerfed you want everything nerfed because pvp is poorly designed they've got bad map design come on leave the weapons and the gear and the power alone it's it's not the weapons fault i don't care about the range i don't care about the efficiency i don't even care that you're losing and getting mad it's not the gun's fault it isn't like not all maps favor pulse rifle passivity. They don't. There are some maps where you can you can definitely get around flank. There's enough verticality. There's enough ability to disrupt the enemy with grenades, with rushes, with I mean you can you can charge in there with a shotgun or shoulder charge. There are plenty of maps that allow you those different options. Think about it like this. There are always going to be maps that favor certain weapon types. There are going to be maps that favor sniping, pulse rifles, if scouts were I mean there are there are actually some pretty strong scouts in the game. There are going to be maps that favor those weapon types. Types. And if you're the dum-dum that's running down that narrow choke point with your stupid hand cannon or your shotgun and you can't figure out why you keep getting melted, don't be like, well, they should nerf it. I can't engage with them at that long range with my hand cannon. Well, yeah, because it's not a map that is conducive to your kit. So understand contextual power and adapt. Quit asking for nerfs. Digital Marine. It blows my mind that we didn't get a vendor uh, world loot refresh. What refresh? Well, they didn't do it in Black Armory either. Uh, it's bad enough Bungie's still leaning on the milestone system for leveling, and it becomes even worse when nothing dropping exciting more thoughts. I mean, <clears throat> personally, I think they're holding on to year one loot pools and year one NPCs, all the planetary NPCs. I think they're holding on to those on purpose. I think they're going to use them later. I think they see how much is there, how much potential is there, and they don't want to kind of use it right now. Um, Because seriously, I I do. I think right now when you look at uh, the, the, the content they're delivering, it's thematic. It has like a theme, but it also seems like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of get us through the dry spell kind of stuff. Um, So when I say that, I'm not saying that this content is bad because it's thin. By its very nature, it is supposed to be thin. But it does seem to point and indicate that they're kind of intentionally leaving things on the shelf so they can use them later. Because if we get all the way to September and then they start bringing back the Infinite Forest uh, Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, Refreshing NPC Loot Pools, it'll, it'll honestly feel really, really sort of like, oh wow, there's so much new stuff to do. Yeah, recycled content. Well, shut up and don't play. Like, I honestly think most people will look at that and be like, holy moly, look at all this stuff we can do. And and it'll it'll be it'll be distanced enough from when it came into the game that it'll feel pretty fresh. Like Escalation Protocol and Infinite Forest especially will have been so far removed from our memory we haven't really touched it in such a long time it'll be like oh that's pretty dope we can run these loops i love the haunted forest loop i don't know about you but man oh man that that they should have had a a rotating boss each week with a potential uh gun drop and i would have farmed the crap out of that four bosses four guns 
give each gun a pretty cool curated roll and rotate it. I'd have grinded the snot out of Haunted Forest for that. I would do the same in Blindwell. The bosses already rotate in Blindwell. If every time Blindwell ended, uh, uh, the boss would drop a particular like Dreaming City gun, I would farm that for a roll. And every every week it's a different. It would be a different gun. Escalation Protocol. You would do the same thing. You already have the bosses. You already have the rotation mentality and rhythm in the player's mind. Just, just, you just give them a gun with random rolls and have one really, really nice curated roll. Escalation Protocol was great, but once you got the weapons, it was over because they were static roll. Uh, Winter Wolf. Uh, <clears throat> do you think with all this feedback, Bungie will stop acting like their game has all these weapons and loadouts and admit that they are giving us the feeling of being free to choose, yet basically only giving us options that are actually good weapons and armor? I mean, I don't feel like they're trying to, like, give us a false impression of the freedom now I do think when they told us about the weapon system where you could run three snipers or three shotguns I kind of feel like that was intentionally giving a picture of freedom that wasn't accurate like I'm not going to get mad about them like they lied to us but I don't know to me it was like that's not really the level of freedom you were giving us and the truth is having kinetic snipers and shotguns isn't helping the weapon system having energy primaries isn't helping the weapon system it's holding the weapon system back so it, it isn't a value point they need to go back to primary, secondary, and heavy and then they can lean into having primary weapons that all have elements on them because elements only serve one purpose they pop shields, that's it so it's not going to hurt the game to have every primary in the game with an element on it they could lean into really cooler modifiers like prism and certain and like rainbow burns and stuff because then the player would be more empowered to have a more you know in-depth loadout and then if you put all shotgun snipers and fusion rifles uh, in the secondary slot and then you maybe restructure the way that SMGs deliver damage and you have them as a secondary weapon then you can lean into that identity of now those are all tier tier 2 weapons what's their efficacy how fast can they kill mid-tier shielded you know enemies and majors and mini bosses and make them function in that lane how efficient how amazing is the best shotgun okay let's get an smg that's like that in pve let's get a sniper that's like that let's get a fusion and then you work within that lane they can't work within that lane because the weapon system's freaking muddled it like it just it's it just totally muddled it just doesn't make sense why we have a couple of kinetic shotguns and a couple of kinetic snipers it's just a confused weapon system it really is Hooligans, during the primeval phase, when the other team invades, what if you kill them before they kill you? It adds a 15 to 30 seconds before they can invade again. I mean, listen, invading during the boss phase is the most inconsequential nuisance that I've ever seen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, you, if as long as you get the stack of Slayer buff, you kill the three envoys... That guy can come over and wipe your team and it just doesn't matter because the, on, the the stack on the ground has a 30 second timer on it. The race during the boss fight is not a race to kill the boss. It's a race to kill the envoys. As soon as you catch that vision, invasion is just a nuisance. It's just a nuisance. Yesterday and multiple times before, uh, yesterday, we would kill the envoys and the guy would invade and get a couple of kills and it was like, who cares? He's not slowing us down. We've earned our stack, and our stack's counting down. We can't kill the next envoys yet, because the stack's counting down. Once we get to our fourth stack, we'll just not kill the third envoy, and we'll wait. He'll come over, maybe kill one or two of us. We'll kill him, or he kills all of us. No big deal. We all respawn, 
kill the last envoy and melt the boss and you can't stop us so having the invader come over and then if you kill him he can't invade again for 15 to 30 seconds like it doesn't really do anything invading's already inconsequential in the boss fight anyway is a joke it's the illusion of influence because people are probably not paying attention they're probably trying to do damage on stacks 1, 2, and 3 uh, Dan Papa says have you noticed an increase in ammo drops I was playing last night seeing a lot of more heavy dropping uh, it's it's weird sometimes I feel like there's ammo everywhere and then yesterday I had a couple of gambit games where I was just running around with my kinetic again I could not get greens and purples to drop I, I did feel like it was a little bit more consistent than it had been in the past. I will say that. I did feel like the flow of ammo was better, but there were still dry spells. When I'm in the Reckoning and when I'm in Gambit Prime, I did feel like I was getting I was getting a pretty decent flow of ammo, but then there were a couple games that really stood out because I couldn't get ammo. So it was like, wow, I'm, ammo's been so much better, and now all of a sudden I'm in a dry spell. You know, it's like all of a sudden, where'd all the ammo go? Uh, Gritter, your advice on how to win Gambit Prime helped me and my team get our first win. What advice do you have for Reckoning? My team did Reckoning afterwards and had a very hard time. We were all 650 power. You need to stick together and you need to use supers that feed off each other. Imagine doing Shuro Chi and Last Wish. You gotta be feeding each other supers. So use Orpheus Rig to tether the ads to generate orbs. Use Skull of the Dire Ahamkara with Nova, with Slova, and get really big groups and mini bosses to feed yourself um, your super back. Use things like. Um, I'm trying to think of other things you can use. Constantly be using your grenades when they're available to try to get multi-kills. You could consider going in with, if you're struggling with the add momentum, you could consider going in with machine guns, because machine guns could be very, very good about killing the enemies rapidly. You just have to consider what are you going to do against the boss. The other thing you have to consider is there's modifiers. So when we were doing it, there was Prism, and we were being really smart about Prism. Whenever Nova, I'm sorry, whenever Void would come around, I would Nova the boss. Whenever Ark would come around, I'd use my Ward Cliff on the boss. So Prism was making us really, really strong. So the modifiers change like every day so I don't even know what the modifiers are now um right now reckoning is uh grenadier attrition and void so that's great for nova grenadier is great I mean just again just throw grenades like a crazy person maybe put on a build that really feeds your grenade so yeah it all rotated um so I would, I would, I, that would be my advice. That would be my advice to you. Nova Hands. Hey, Lono. Uh, do you think Reckoning Tier 3 will have a world's first race and could be the reason why Bungie's throttling power level increases? Thoughts? Uh, this is no disrespect to the guys that go for world's first. I love Giggs. You know, he got his world first in Scourge. All these guys that put all this work into. World's first races have been a joke for a really long time because RNG determines who has advantages. People do exploits and cheeses to get adva- to get level advantages and they go into content and they're at or above deltas and everybody else they're competing against isn't. And so not since not since King's Fall have we had a very pure world's first. Wrath was a joke cuz people got overleveled. Uh, Leviathan Prestige was a joke because the team that won used exploits during the actual encounters. They were they were che- they were using a bug to get free ammo, um, and then Last Wish 
people prime ingram farm did other things to get their level up really really fast i did the prime ingram farm because there was nothing left to do it was like i don't have anything left to do and they didn't say it was wrong they just said if you do the prime ingram farm now you're going to get less stuff down the road and i was like that's fine i'd rather have it now than later i need it now i won't need it later after the world's after the the, the initial weekend of last wish and last wish was lame because they delted the frick out of us like the the struggle in Last Wish was because they I, I honestly think they changed the delta of Last Wish last minute. I really do. I think people got people cheesed and got higher than they were supposed to, higher than anticipated, and they raised the delta in Last Wish last minute. I I, I still believe to this day they did that because at the second encounter I was playing sixteen hours a day. I was playing unbelievable amounts of time. I got to the second encounter and I was under leveled. The second encounter. It was just, these races have been lame for a while because instead of just setting a global cap and letting people level up normal and going in, and the true determiner of who wins is teams that are smarter, have versatile loadouts, have different things that they're trying, good communication. Instead, the huge influencer over who wins is a lot of times who has more power because it's just that you're deltaed. And if you're not deltaed, I mean... Goodness gracious, congrats to Giggs team on a world's first. They're great players, but they went into Scourge of the Past and none of them was below the highest delta. They had one person at 638. Everyone else was 641 or 646. They were all in the end deltas. So they were all like, they were all beyond where they were kind of supposed to be. And Giggs agrees with me, by the way. He thinks there should be a global cap. So it's a fair race when everybody goes in. Everyone's at the same level. So if there's a, if there's a world's first race for you know reckoning tier three i mean who cares like it doesn't matter teams are going to go in with advantages that they earned by luck not skill like rng has t-rex sitting at 675 and i'm in the 660s so t-rex would go into that kind of an environment and be stronger than me and he why because he had better luck that's that's such a that's such a terrible way to have people racing we're gonna line everybody up for this race okay it's a hundred meter dash and we're going to roll this dice. All right, you, Charlie, uh, you get to go 10 feet farther forward. Uh, roll this dice. Okay, you, Larry, back up five feet. Okay, and then, okay, RNG, the rolling of a dice determined advantages and disadvantages. This is fair, right? Okay, go. Oh, surprise, surprise. The guy that was further ahead won the race. Like, you see what I'm saying? It's not a race. It's not a fair race. It's rigged to some extent. I'm not taking away from the skill of the people that win, but it's like, even they want it to be fair. You wouldn't want to win and know, like, well, we had advantages over everybody else we were competing against. So, you know? PhDJ, not a nerf question, uh, but going off enhancement core issues. Do you think it would be smart to move to an infusion system that scales the amount of core with how uh, high a power jump you're getting? No get them out of infusion they don't belong there everyone that argues in favor of them being there makes illogical arguments because they say it's a pain point and it should be painful and then the next sentence they say it's not a pain point for them they contradict their own argument it's like watching Wiley Coyote saw off the tree branch that he's standing on they undo their own argument by saying it's not a pain point for them it doesn't belong in infusion enhancement core should be used for two things number one the mastery of an item taking it up to the masterwork number two it should be used for enhancing perks because it's called enhancement core you should be able to enhance your perks it should be costly it should be used as an end game capstone currency and instead it's not being used in that way so what happens 
I don't capstone anything. Why? Because I know there's a power level coming. So I go and I grind and I get on my master records and I sit on them like a golden egg and I don't touch them. It's a dysfunctional currency. Get it the frick out of Infusion. It doesn't belong there. Infusion is a daily, rhythmic, regular, volitional choice of the player. I would like to use this. I'm going to use this. You're not slowing down their leveling. If they have a sidearm at 660, it considers them at 660 in that slot, whether they infuse it or not. You're not slowing down their leveling. You're just frustrating their decision making. Why? Because hardcore players ask for a pain point that doesn't touch them. That's why. Bonus Rooster Jr. So do you know why the 21% Delirium is called that? Because they ironically nerfed the machine guns by 21% and it seems suspicious? <laughs> don't even... I, I'm not... I, <laughs> I don't even want to get started on that, dude. I, that That's crazy. Uh, I don't know. Player numbers dip by 80,000 PvP and 100,000 KPVE. It's begun already. The, oh, did they refresh the numbers, Frankie? Are they refresh the numbers? Yeah, PVE numbers plummeted out of the 500s down in the 400,000s. I'm wrong per usual, right? Yeah, uh uh-huh. I told you. I told you I was concerned after watching that trailer. I told you, dude. Uh, The player numbers just refreshed. If I was Bungie, I would act fast. I would act fast. I would do anything I could to to, to to, to get in front of this. To be fair, people take a work off. Mel, no. When Black Armory came out, it did not do that. It did not do that. It spiked and it kind of st- and it kind of stayed up there for a while. It didn't spike and then immediately go right back down again. Black Armory, I'm telling you, I watched it. It went way, way up and then it stayed there for a while. It's it does that every time there's a content delivery. Every time there's a content delivery, there's this huge surge of people and then it kind of stays up there. That's not happening. And I I told people that this was going to happen. I said this is too narrow of an offering. This is really freaking risky. And the thing is, reckoning is good. They didn't have to structure the content in this way. They have good content. They structured the incentive poorly. So it's worrisome. They got, I, I, if I, I'm telling you, if I was them, I would act really, really fast. Because if you're losing PVE players, that I mean, you are. That's bad. Because PVE players are the meat of the community. To have the PVE numbers drop that low, I mean, that's low. Because you got to consider something. Crucible numbers are haven't budged. So people have shuffled over to Gambit Prime, but the Crucible numbers haven't gone up because the Crucible numbers represent both Crucible and Gambit Prime and PvE is just plummeted because I think people probably came back probably started trying to level and were like and had the experience I had today, you play for two hours and you you don't level uh, crazy psych, what if invaders don't heal the boss and instead take your stack no the problem with that is that would make the boss fight take forever that would take the, that would make the boss fight take forever. The, like literally stacks one and two, unless you stack up like redeem, it's almost impossible to bake at at that early of a stack. And if you stack up like redeem and you mess something up and you don't bake, and then they come over and they steal your stack, I guess it wouldn't matter because you already put such a huge debt in their health. I mean, they're not taking they're not healing him at that point. They're stealing the stack. The danger there would be. The real danger there would be that the fights would just take an eternity. Most players would get to like stacks two or three and try and do damage and you take their stacks away. So the boss fight would just take an eternity. 
I, I still think the invader should come over and have to do something and be invincible. So he's invincible and he's all smoky and he has to like grab an orb and slam the orb on the bank. And if he does that, he steals some modes. And while he's doing this, he has a timer. And if you shoot him, you slow him down. That's an easily, that's a, that's a pain point that can be mitigated and it does slow, slow you down and there's risk of him stealing moats, but it's not so painful you can't recover from it. You could do something similar in the boss fight. He comes in, He's invincible. He has to grab a ball. If he grabs that ball and slams it on the boss, maybe he does take a stack away. Maybe he heals him a little bit, but not a ton. I Like, that would be a completely different way of doing invasion, but that would be, I think, a more sensible execution of pain point that doesn't feel... And, and this is the big thing I said yesterday, in my, and I say this in my review. I say this in my review. The... In, invasion goes from being the single most important thing. First to invade at 25 is literally the most important piece of gambit. It's the most important thing. It goes from being way too important to not mattering at all. Like once your once your primeval is summoned and you're and you're bum rushing envoys, it th- doesn't matter. Invasion doesn't matter. It literally swings from being the most important thing to to being a complete and utter nuisance. Stop trying to take the skill out of gambit PvP. Oh, oh my God! You, there's skill in Gambit's PvP. That's okay. All right, man. I, uh, it's uh the spamming of overpowered the, the spamming of power weapons with a wall hack and an overshield. You are real crafty, dude. Trust me. People are going over and getting three and four kills all the time. All the time. Skill? Come on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to be disrespectful, but give me a freaking break. Even the people that go over and wreck face while invading would never, would never get on a high horse acting like they're highly skilled. Now, Benji yesterday, you would say, was a really good representation of skill because he was using his sniper rifle, but you can go over with the machine gun. You have wall hacks and an overshield and just spam the machine gun at people. It isn't hard at all. It doesn't take skill. It doesn't. I'm not trying to take away from people's skill, but come on, dude. I've never invade, and I invaded a couple of times during regular Gambit, and I was getting triple kills, quad kills. The first time I went for a quad kill, I got it with the 1K voices. Come on, man. Come on. Skill in Gambit's PvP. Um, Joe, Joe Thanicus. I personally feel that a solution to this PvP nerfs affecting PvE issue can be solved if Bungie just gives us a new Crucible mode. This mode would contain no supers, no exotics, no heavy, and no pinnacle weapons. Um, (laughs) If they... I'm sorry. If they gave us this mode, they would then uh, declare quick play as the Wild Wild West. What are your thoughts? Okay. I'm laughing because that sounds terribly boring, but I think you might be onto something, and here's why. All the people that want, like... They, all the bad, they want all the <laughs> they want all the good things to go away, right? Like you said, no supers, no exotics, no <laughs> no heavy and no pinnacle weapons, right? <laughs> Nobody would like it. <laughs> Everyone would hate it. It would be so boring. But I love your question because I think it would prove a point to people. It'd be like this is des- this isn't Destiny PvP. This is annoying. This is like playing slappers in Goldeneye. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, they would come flocking back to quick play like please please it's okay I'll, I'll let people kill me with one-eyed mask I don't care that was terrible that was awful people like triple triple wreck would love it oh come on Ari would play that for an afternoon and just walk away that would be boring it would be boring and listen listen we all know what would happen in this situation there would still be there would still be weapons that would rise to the surface as being better they would they would they would come all the way up and they would rise to the surface for and that's all people would use like come on <laughs> like it that that's the main issue right is there's always a meta there's always things that rise to the surface and like that's what everybody uses it would still happen but it would be really boring there'd be no there'd be no spice there'd be no magic there'd be no sauce <laughs> deflected fire I feel like your analysis of the game issues is really good do you think that destiny 2 will only continue to band-aid itself and the real refresh will be destiny 3 no no because I think they have a lot here like okay I want you guys to remember I've been really really hard on Bungie today and I've been really negative and I and I and I do I get that way and it's it's all from love we, we've we've been here before to a certain extent but I want you guys to remember the brontosaurus metaphor that I told you when we were playing D2 Vanilla and I said there is a brontosaurus here there is the skeleton of a giant game that if they could put meat on the bones would be really really good and Forsaken landed and it put some meat on the bones it really did it really 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 brought the game forward getting rid of double primary adding random rolls adding mods just that alone added significant significant meat to the skeleton okay I actually think to some respect that skeleton is bigger now because when you look at there's eight planet NPCs there's the six planets and then there's the dreaming city and the tangled shore there's those eight NPCs then there's the drifter Zavala and then there's Shax then there's the gunsmith then there's Ada um, and then there is you could even have a raid one right you could read you could repurpose um, Benedict okay you also have all those loot systems if you take all of that and you invest in that repurpose it and make it worthwhile pinnacle weapons pinnacle gear pinnacle rolls pursuits on every planet pursuits in every npc etc you would have a game that would there there would be too much to do every week you would run out of you would be like i can't do everything you know devrim k has a gun that i would like to grind for but so does asher on io I, I don't know which one I'm going to go for. You would be given those painful decisions of like, there's so many pursuits, there's so many things to do. Oh, and I, I left out Hawthorne and Ikora. Thank you. So, th- I actually think the skeleton's bigger. So, I think we should, tr- I think we can trust that when they, when they invested in putting meat on the bones of the Brontosaurus that I saw, and we got that in Forsaken, and Forsaken was a really big triumph, and it kind of, sa- it, it truly saved the franchise. I think the skeleton's bigger in some respects now because they still have so many think about it like this every single weapon every single NPC from year one every single piece of gear from year one didn't really ever get to hit any kind of level of potential it was all static roll boring crap so if you go into your collections and you look at all that year one loot and you think of all those those potential pursuits and things you could chase people are like well why would I care 
All they need is a couple of pinnacle rolls on some guns, and that's all it would take. People would chase them. And armor sets, if you could chase a complete armor set from the different planets and it would look really cool and like leveling up the NPC would have ornaments and and then you could have a an armor set that you like and you had intentional pursuit in getting that armor set, right? Like you're grinding for gauntlets, then you get the role that you want. You're like slowly piecing together like an entire IO set or something. I actually think there, that's so much, that's so much content that, that would suddenly feel like it has life breathed into it. So I have been very negative and harsh today because it is disappointing to see them completely fumble basic RPG appeal but I but I still think we can have another forsaken moment in September I think September can be the we are taking every piece of loot every NPC blah 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 blah, 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 blah. I can even see the vid doc now we're repurposing all of it everything has a purpose everything has this there's mastery of this there's leveling of this there's pursuits here there's pursuits there there's pursuits everywhere I, I think we can have another moment like that because I believe we could have it with Forsaken and we did. I believe Bungie can listen and see and, and, and really make pivots. If the thing is, here's the thing. If this stuff was planned really far out and they don't have the time to really make big pivots and changes, I get it, right? They're trying to kind of coast to whatever's next. And that's kind of how the annual pass was set up. The annual pass was kind of set up as being a top that they kind of spin and they're like, okay, it's it's spinning. It's getting wobbly though, but it's spinning. It's kind of doing that while we work on this over here. Well, that's, that's I think, is kind of maybe what's happening. They don't... They didn't have time to retool all this. Again, a team could have been working on Drifter that wasn't working on Forge, and Forge had all these really nice these nice value points and really good things with Ada, but none of that's in Drifter because they might have been being developed at the same time. Do you see? You see what I'm saying? So it's like, what if like right now over the next two the next couple of weeks, I would if I was Bungie, I'd be making announcements being like, we're we're looking at leveling. We want to make it easier for you. We know it's a frustration point right now, and it needs completely changed. That's the change number one. Change number two, there's no intentionality for the weapons. We're gonna be adding some bounties similar to Ada's bounties to Drifter, so you can have some intentionality. So if you're really, really wanting to chase certain weapons, you can do that now. That'll bring people back, that'd make people flock back. They would feel empowered. Um uh, I missed some subs, I think. Ronster with the six months said, "Keep it, keep. Uh, thanks for keeping it real. Kula with three months. Thanks for advocating sensible changes to the game. Keep up the good work. That was like an hour ago. I am sorry. Uh, real bad karma with 11 months. Uh, tie time my resub. Thank you guys so much. Um, so that, that's why I have confidence that they can have another moment like that. They can have another moment like that. And I believe that's what they're going to do. I think that's why they haven't touched a single... They haven't touched a single NPC or loot system from year one. Because I think they see... I, I do. I think they see what I see. I'm not trying to be, like, arrogant here. I do. I think they see what I see. They see how much loot and how much work is... And how much stuff is there that they don't have to create anything new, really. Now, ornaments for the guns would be a really, really good decision. So imagine getting an old-fashioned from Devrim K, but then there's really cool ornaments for it that you can earn by leveling up Devrim K. Like, he's an NPC that you're investing in. Because then it's, sure, it's an old-fashioned, but number one, it can have a really good curated role that you're farming for, like we did with Ada. But then, as you're leveling up Devrim K, you can make it look cooler, too. Same with the armor. All their armor sets look really nice. Add some ornaments that can be earned by leveling up those NPCs. That's eight NPCs, eight armor sets. You really only need to give them a couple of weapons each. That's a that is a that is a just a junk ton of grind, and it's already it's stuff that's already in the game. It's already in the game. Yeah, 
a really good pinnacle roll on the old-fashioned, I would, I'm telling you right now, I'd grind for that. I'd grind for a Manana Nan. I'd grind for uh, a Hawthorne Shotgun. I'd, I'd grind for a Uriel's. I'd grind for, uh, you know, trying to think of some of the other ones. There were some pretty cool pulses and stuff. I mean, I, I would. You put a good roll on it, I'll chase it. I think a lot of people would. Uh, Sir Spank a lot. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what do you think regarding longevity of the season in terms of actual substantial content? There doesn't seem to be much to come, especially compared to back armory. If you don't like Gambit, there's literally nothing for you. I mean, I've, I've said this so many times. I said this after the vid doc. I was worried, and I'm I uh, I said that I would I was ho- I was I was genuinely hoping I would be wrong, but the player base numbers are already trending in a direction that I think is proving me right, and I don't like being right about this. I wanted to be wrong. I wanted to celebrate. I wanted to look at player base numbers in a week or two, and I was said I was going to throw confetti in the air and be like, I was wrong. People love it. Um, you know? Oh, the Nurgle! Yeah, the Nurgle! There were some really good weapons. Comb through. Listen, to really catch a vision for what I'm saying, comb through the collections. What's your favorite gun type? What's your favorite gun type? Oh, you like hand cannons? Comb through this, man. Just comb through here. Dire Promise, the Home for the Lost, uh, the Old Fashioned, you j- bring back the Judgment. Who the frick cares? DFA. Uh, I don't know about some of these down here because they look they like they might be kind of crappy. The Minuet, the Annual Skate. These are the Suros hand cannons. My gosh, we haven't seen a Suros hand cannon in a while. They look so cool. They fe- oh, they feel so cool. I love the Annual Skate for a really really long time. You like hand cannons? There you go. You just take all those and you throw them into, and then you have something you could repurpose right now. Like, uh, can you imagine a bounty for the waking vigil? And you add a and you add a nice pinnacle roll on the waking vigil, and you can whenever it rotates, right? There's that rhythmic urgency. Oh, Petra's got a bounty for the waking vigil this week, and you do what you did with Ada. You just grind whatever the frick Ada's got, uh, whatever the frick Petra's got for you. Probably blind well, maybe. Grind, 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 waking vigil. Not the one I want. Grind, 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 waking vigil. Not the one I want. People get into those lanes. They do. I'm telling you, they do. And you could do it with the. And this would this could rejuvenate original Gambit as well. Because if a if a if a a bounty for the week is like he, let's say he's got two bounties for traditional Gambit. He's got like the trust and the parcel of Stardust. I mean, there you go. I would have. I would. I'm telling you, I'd grind traditional Gambit for a really really good trust. I like that gun. I do. There's a ton of pulse rifles. I want. I'm telling you right now. I would love to grind for a, a, a pinnacle version of the Lincoln Green. It sounds cool. It's fast. Bleep, 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 bleep. It's a really, really cool gun. This. I'm. T- this is why I don't think they've touched this stuff. I. I really do feel like this stuff is like stored up, and there's th- and and they're gonna use it. Uh, they're gonna use it later. Because there's a ton of there's a ton of stuff here. Uh, that they could that they could uh they could repurpose. You know. Uh, and then uh, they could bring back Faction Rally and they could structure Faction Rally around what I'm saying. Because, man, so many of these pulse rifles look so, so cool. I love the Amalon pulse rifles. I think they're so sexy. Um, you could bring back Faction Rally and just do essentially what I'm doing. That, that, that's that's more... <laughs> think about it. Think about it. You bring back Faction Rally, you repurpose all those weapons with pinnacle rolls, and you give them bounties just like Ada, and the factions are just there in the tower as another grind for you if you feel like doing it. This week, Future War Cults got two bounties for weapons and one bounty for an armor piece, and there you go. You're off to the races. As you level up Future War Cult, they've got ornaments and shaders and things for you to do. 
That's why I see, I see, I, I see another Brontosaurus. I'm like, God, my gosh, there's so much here they could, they could do. We're not doing anything on this map, by the way. Think about it. We did the forges. Th- look how giant this map is. All these locations, eight locations, all the lost sectors, all the adventures. Then there's strikes. Then there's daily missions. Then there's nightfalls. Man, why do we? Why should we ever run strikes once we don't need the milestone? If Savala had a weekly bounty, weekly bounties that rotated for armor pursuits and gun pursuits, you probably would. You know. So th- this, this all, all of this entire, the entire system and the in- entire game can be kind of repurposed and polished and rejuvenated with the, with with something as simple as just taking the what what works so well for Ada and kind of putting it everywhere, and then. There, oh man, there's so much more they could do with this. Like once you hit max power, the whole time you're kind of grinding for max power, all those NPCs could have bounties that you don't get access to until you're max power. So when you hit max power, it has that sense of like, I'm max power and the whole game changed. Well, what am I supposed to do once I'm max power? What the frick? Well, when you hit max power, this big, huge announcement should comes up and it says, check all of the NPCs now. They all have new bounties for you to pursue. And people are like, what? What do you, what do you mean? And then they, and then the, the even the casual players like, dude, I, I love this gun. Oh my gosh. And they go to Nessus and they grind for that gun. That's what I think is coming. That's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to re- repurpose all that gear, all that loot, all those NPCs. I've gone on that rant before, but I think it's always worth saying. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I muted the mic. I had to like, I'd like sniff pretty hard there. Sorry. Uh, Calix says, do you think this is a good time to jump back into D2? I mean, if you haven't, if you haven't been touching it, I don't know how far behind you are. I really, really liked... I really, really liked the farm in Black Armory. I did. I thought the guns were cool. I thought the farm was was directional. It was intentional. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that this is that great right now. But if you're super far behind, here's the problem, though. I mean, here, no, actually, here's the benefit. You could come back right now, and you could use the power surge bounties. You could use the power surge bounties to jumpstart your character, and then you could go and do all the stuff in Black Armory. You know? Floyd, uh, you may have touched on this, but is it possible that the soft cap is there to keep funneling players to other content? Is there a concern that if the soft cap is removed, a significant portion of the game content goes unplayed? I don't care if that happens. If you want me to play other content, then do what I just said. Put intentional grinds in the content. I would play Crucible and Gambit if the if the price is right. If the item's good enough to, to get my attention. Don't make me play content. Like, this, th- this concern gets at the heart of the problem. Well, we know a lot of players really don't like this content. How can we manipulate them into playing this content? What the frick? No! Why would you do that? So now I'm going to play content I don't like with the chance of getting a reward that doesn't help me? Oh my gosh, talk about adding insult to injury. But, if you're not a big fan of Gambit, you see that bounty for that gun and you're like, dude, my friend has a Bygones, and I love it. I want a Bygones, and I could grind Gambit this week for a Bygones, you know, Every other game, I'm getting a bygones to drop. I'm satisfying the bounty, just like Ada, right? Every so often, the gun's dropping in a rhythm, okay? And you're checking the rolls. 
now people are playing content that they may enjoy to greater or lesser degrees but the loot is the driver not the freaking power number that may or may not give them what they want when you have that marriage of player agency and rng you you would you would be like yes I, i'm pursuing it you can grind gamut right now for a bygones are you freaking kidding me bro i was on my second i was about to roll over infamy for the second time and i got my first bygones to drop are you seriously going to compare that to ada's bounties get the bounty do the thing complete the forge get the drop do it again get the bounty do the thing do the forge get it to drop there's a curated one right but what i'm talking about is the is the is the generic loot pursuit that works so well parcel of stardust uh trust the uh if you want a particular role on the bygones maybe you don't like the curated role you know, there's all kind of weapons in that loot pool that you could say, I want to chase a random role. I want to chase a particular role. And then you go and you do it. Instead of being like, I could literally play a hundred games of Gambit and never get the gun to drop. So you're, you're, you're cherry picking. You're like, oh, well, there's a, there's a curated role of the bygones you can get for rolling over infamy. Well, that's not a loot pursuit. That's a transaction of time. You're just waiting for your infamy to roll over and then you get the bygones that's curated. That isn't the same as all. That isn't the same at all as a, as a loot pursuit. What's stopping them from doing this to the guns? I don't know. I don't know. Ada is one of the best value points they've ever put in the game. Her milestone tells you what you're getting. It tells you you're getting armor. It literally tells you you're getting armor, and then she has the the directional and intentional bounties. It it. it it literally, it like she, if they didn't, if they've not seen that as like a great, uh, like a great value point that I'm, I, I'm really confused as to who's looking at the game. Cause I think it's a really, really, really strong value point. Um, I'm just going to maximize my power here before grabbing things. Uh, we're going to have to end pretty shortly here. We're just now at two hours. Amish Milkman, if this was answered, please skip. Do you think they will put new perks into the pool or just be available from the season of Drifter activities? I'm not sure if Black Armory did this uh, or not. Would you like to see some of new role combos, such as the SMG with the multi-kill kill clip? Well, there's already there's already some synergistic perk combinations that we've seen. Um, we've already we've already seen that. So, uh... I, I, I hope we see more. I hope we see more. I definitely think perk depth and perk diversity is a, is a little bit of a vacancy. But, you know, even if you... Even if you make... If, even if you put an old-fashioned in the game with a role on it that isn't... It doesn't necessarily... I've talked about this before. If I was going to chase an old-fashioned and Devrim K had a bounty like Ada's and I'm grinding for the old-fashioned, okay... I'm not necessarily looking for an old-fashioned that is better or stronger than the Midnight Coup or my Warden's Law. I'm just looking for one that's as good as them because then that lets me change and use what I want. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, there's there's a ceiling of efficiency on a primary weapon. And the Midnight Coup and the Warden's Law and other really, really nice primaries, they, they hit that level of efficiency. Well, whenever they, they bring all these guns back, the question's not, how do we make these guns better than, than the Midnight Coup? You can't, okay? The Midnight Coup, with its aim assist and its rampage and its outlaw, you're never going to create a gun that's better than that. And if you do, it'd be absurd. It'd be so strong. 
you can only kill trash ads so fast you can only kill them so fast so once you're at that ceiling of efficiency you can't really go beyond it without again just getting absurd like yeah this gun's so strong you can literally shoot any ad in the leg and they die right away like it would be you'd be in the theater of the absurd so as long as we're at that ceiling of efficiency with the pinnacle version of the old-fashioned or any other primaries that we would be chasing then it's just up to the player to say I really really have always loved the way this gun feels the way this gun handles and there's a there's a there's a pinnacle version there's a curated role that will that will give me a give me just that it'll give me that experience that's that's all you have to do uh, it's clear that you have an opinion on the game and that people agree, but there's also a population that enjoys the current state of the grind game and the level system. Do you worry Bungie will never get it right? Uh, uh, because if you please one, you upset the other. Well, here's the, here's the dilemma with your, with your assumption. Your question assumes that there are people that enjoy, okay, your, your question assumes there are people that enjoy doing a milestone and not getting rewarded with power. I don't think that player exists. I don't. I don't think there's a player that's like, yes, I want to play for two and a half hours and not level up. I want the rewards to be worthless to me. Those players do not exist. It's not like if they tweak the level system to be more intentional and directional, there's these people who are like, well, I'm not playing now. I liked doing milestones and spending hours in Crucible or wherever the frick and not getting rewards. I liked getting powerful drops that were lower than the item slot they dropped on. You know, 668's my highest thing right now. My energy weapon is a 668. I Give me more. Give me eight more energy weapons. That's great. There, there aren't players that are saying that. You've created a player that I just, I think it's absurd to think a player like that exists. If you look, if you look at the at the way the game is designed and the way the game plays and what it appeals to, it appeals to progress p- and power. That's what it appeals to, and this leveling system frustrates those aims and it disrespects player time. Big time. I can see some players enjoying the length and grind and accomplishment of hitting a level cap. Uh, but not a single player that enjoys feeling good after getting no progress in two and a half hours. Right. And, th- and see, Mix, I-, I think I think that's the dilemma, right? Is even if it takes you a really long time to hit max power, do you feel that you contributed to that achievement? I mean, it's RNG. You got lucky drops. So you think T-Rex with his 675 power, you think he's looking at me and he's like, yeah, what a scrub. Lono's at 675. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Look at him. I'm so much better and more accomplished than he is. Sam's a really smart guy. He wouldn't say that. He knows that he's 675 because he got good drops. <laughs> I mean, he might say it as a joke, but he wouldn't mean it. <laughs> uh, boss Dog. What do you think about the Ikelos shotgun nerf? It was fine. Uh, I've talked about that many times. It was functioning as an exotic power weapon because it was originally given to us as a power weapon. Uh, separating from Activision, I hope it helps them be a self-publishing company that can deliver better content. Uh, how do you fix the full auto shotgun nerf? It's fine. They're functioning as they're supposed to. Um, unheard, unheard AZM. The problem with last season was the amount of heavy that can be acquired. The community made this clear, but this season they did nothing about it. Heavy should only be acquired from the wall brick, and the invader should lose heavy and have to pick it up on the other side of the portal. Do you think that would be a good fix? I mean, 
you're just getting too into the, the into the well do you think this would be a good fix I mean maybe but then of course what do you uh, if if you think about it like this invasion during the boss fight is relic is relegated to ineffectiveness if the team if the team does the right thing and it's not that hard to do the right thing we just bum rush the envoys you kill those envoys really really fast and you get that stack and if you're not doing damage to the boss invasion just doesn't matter so if you if someone comes over and has to grab heavy and you make it really really hard for them to invade and you make invasion somewhat inconsequential right it's like it's really easy to cancel out invasion well then I would ask the question what the frick is the point of invasion right what what is the point of invasion if you have to come over and it's so hard to even do anything like oh I'm gonna have to go and grab heavy and then I'm probably gonna get shot on the way you see, what I'm a- you see what I'm saying? You're pivoting to such another sharp extreme that they might not even achieve anything when they invade, which means invasion is, again, just some pesky nuisance. Oh, somebody's invading. Make sure and go kill them before they get the heavy. Now, they might invade and use a sniper the way Benji was. That's probably what would end up happening. I mean, Benji last night was getting doubles, triples, and quads by just using a sniper. So honestly, that's probably what people would do. Now, somebody might say, well, at least that takes skill. But even still, they have such an enormous advantage. They have an overshield and they have wall hacks. So it's like you're, you're making it super, super easy on them to invade and have that and have those kills. And that's one of the problems, right? One of the problems is, is that invasion is so influential and, and it, it just takes, I don't know. And again, with the wall hacks and the overshield, even a really good pulse rifle shot's probably going to be a menace. I mean, Harry's saying with wall hacks and overshield, you can 1v2 and 3 with regular guns. Yeah, as long as you just pace your shots and dip when you're getting hurt. <clears throat> Real bad karma. Do you think there's going to be a new dungeon in Joker's Wild or Penumbra? Follow-up question. What do you think Bungie should do in order to uh, stem the tide of players leaving? Uh, they need to fix leveling imme- immediately. Get rid of the soft caps so people can do whatever the frick they want and level up, and they need to put intentional bounties in Drifter's inventory. A new dungeon in Joker's Wild? No. Penumbra? Yes, more than likely. John Warner. What do you think about Bungie raising power level for old content? Berguzia used to be 650. All of a sudden, it's 670 uh, on the later waves. Same as the Nightfall card modifiers not uh, now being worth way less. I don't know what's going on. I think it's a mistake. Now I will say this: If you're going to do your powerful gun frames, do them in Bergusia. They drop higher than the other than the other areas, probably because of whatever they did to the instance. Mac, twenty ninety nine. Could a, could a fix for the reckoning be adding armor and weapons from Trials Year One? It would reuse some early good designs, but allow content that was most never touched in your life. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of Trials guns that could come back that way. I don't think people are. I don't think fans of Trials might like might not like that. Arcane Blaze. What do you think of crossplay between PC and console, but only for PvE? Here's the thing. A lot of people in the crossplay discussion always forget that it's only crossplay if you initiate it. So in Fortnite, when you're playing on PlayStation, you don't have to worry about dealing with really crazy PC players unless you decide to play with your buddy who's on PC. Your lobby doesn't become mi- doesn't become a mixed lobby unless you initiate it. So crossplay is totally fine to bring to Destiny. Because if you're playing on PlayStation and you don't want to deal with what you think is too significant of a skill gap of PC players are going to wreck our life because of, you know, hand cannons and their precision aim, well then you don't ever have to worry about facing PC players as long as you don't play with your PC buddy. But if you play with your PC buddy, it's a trade-off. 
he gets to play against you know console crucible players and he's going to be stronger and you probably might have to get into a mixed lobby and you're going to be playing against pc players as well but the, the lobbies would only be mixed if the player initiates it again crossplay for fortnite doesn't turn into a disaster because it's it, it, the player initiates and knows what they're signing up for it says it's plain as day on the screen mixed you're going to be going into like a mixed server um and it just empowers players to play with more of their buddies honestly like it crossplay would not be an issue in pvp and if you want to complain about it you're taking advantage of it if you're playing with your pc buddy what he's just supposed to come down and stomp on people on the console no it would create a mixed lobby and then people could play raids and stuff together too i mean i i don't think it would be i think it's a boogeyman i think people are scared of it and it's no reason to be scared of it they think crossplay automatically means i'm gonna be playing against pc players uh mr turbo what are your opinion of people that get to the top pinnacle weapons like luna mountaintop and nightfall so easy for casuals uh, or lower tiered players uh, what is your opinion now that people are able to get the top pinnacle weapons uh, so easily for ca- I don't think they're, what do you mean? they're not easy to get, what are you talking about? those weapons take a long time to get, I'm confused by the question Johnny uh, would you back a shooting range in D2 ME3 had one for example I'm worried things uh, get figured out too fast but parts of me would be very into this I I don't, this isn't a needed thing right now. I, that's, it's just not a needed thing. We need so many other things other than that. Hainsey, do you think it's fair at this point in the franchise, Bungie can put out anything in the DLC and people will still play it? Some even adore it, despite the shallow content? Um, no, I think the player base numbers over the next couple of days and weeks are going to prove that this content is not doing what it's supposed to do. It's not, it's not pulling people back in. It isn't. Double glory earned? Um... I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not going to get into whether or not it's as hard or harder than it was before. I mean, I, I don't know. Listen, I, I, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at the player base numbers. And I think Bungie's going to have to think long and hard about why people stopped playing if they stopped playing. You know? So, I, they've, they're going to have to think long and hard about improvements to keep that from happening more than it already is. So, and I think the main cause is... There's we we there, the main thing the biggest takeaway is a lack of player agency. We have no agency over our leveling, and we have no agency in in, in volitional choice. We have no intentionality over our leveling, and no intentionality over loot pursuit at all. And that's killing. That's killing the experience for the player. I'm going to end it there. Don't go anywhere. If you're new to the stream and you've liked this content, I do this all the time, the question and answer podcast feel. It's like an interactive radio show. Please click the follow button on my Twitch channel. You click that little heart button. That's a free way to support my stream. You don't miss these. I do this in Anthem. I do this in Destiny. I'm going to do it in Division 2. Thank you for all the great questions today. I'm not shutting down the stream. So we can keep talking. You can keep disagreeing with me and debating. It's been very fun and lively today, but I'm going to chop this for the podcast later. I'm going to do a little outro statement. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>